Welcome to Anything Goes, the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcast from Long Island, New York. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney. As you can tell from the title, we're back with another Pottercast. The first one in a very long time, and I apologize for that. Woo! You should be apologizing, too. Yeah, all right. Let's be real. It's actually my fault. It's nobody else's fault. Who, is, who, who are the people speaking on the other uh, the I'm microphone? I'm Nikki Torres or Nikki Muggle. I'm Dakota Wigan. Yeah! No. And this, I'm happy to be here. This, this is going to be a review of the book, The Half-Blood Prince. So let's jump into that right now. <laughs> Okay, before we get started with the book, there's a few things. There's some dirty laundry we need to air out right here, right now. Oh? A, the reason why we haven't done a podcast for a while, like I said, Nikki's schedule has been very tough for the cu- past couple months, so shame. Ding. Shame. 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 Only, only that, that woman's not going to end up with the mountain. That's all I'm going to say. We're just going to leave that there. Um, so we apologize for that. There's been a long time since a Potter cast for it. As well as reason we haven't talked about the cursed child yet is because of this other person. I was busy. I'm ten pages in. Oh, I'm so glad you're <laughs> ten pages in. I mean, you've gone balls deep into that book for sure. The best is it's a script. So ten pages in is like five words. But like he's like making it sound like he's done some great feat. Like I made ten pages in. It's not Game of Thrones. It's the Cursed Child. You can read it in an hour. You're not trying. <laughs> No comment. I mean, yeah, so the cursed child... I plead the fifth. Now, this was a question that we brought up beforehand, like, do we do it now because it's it's topical and we get a lot of hits for it, or do we do it because we've been doing everything in chronological order, or do we do it in chronological order? So, that's probably what's going to end up being. Once we're done with all the rest of the books, we'll do the cursed child. And, of course, we were just discussing about the Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Uh, movie that's coming out very soon. We were planning on doing, hopefully, a midnight release, uh, like, viewing the three of us together, and then as soon as we can, we would do a movie review of it, so don't worry about that. That will be covered soon, even though that takes place precursor to everything else that's happened, anyway. Hobbit. Yeah, it pretty much is The Hobbit. Hopefully, it'll be a little bit better than The Hobbit, because I enjoy The Hobbit series, even though it should have been two movies, max. But that was that was MGM like in bankruptcy, so they needed to stretch that three movies. So I don't blame them for I it. I forgot MGM did the, that. Okay, yeah, because yeah, United, United Artists had the rights to it. Makes sense. Okay, and it was still like along with Warner Bros. and New Line Cinema because New Line Cinema had been char- the ownership of the other characters in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. and then the changing from Guillermo to the Peter Jackson. Yeah, but but we were no, talking about that eventually. Yeah, but Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. We we know it's. 
It's a standalone movie. Yes. But they're looking to make a th- th- at least – I actually heard something obscure. They're trying to make nine movies out of the series. <laughs> nine movies. Nine times. times. Anyway, Half-Blood Prince. Dakota, what has happened in – what has happened in this book? So – I'm a little nervous about this because it's been a while and... It's been a while since I uh, And I don't want to pre... I don't want to blow my load too soon on this one, but, you know. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, all right, is he going to be settled by this? I'm going to... Just Chuck test it. Premature ejaculation doesn't sound as good as blow my, blow my load too soon. Either one sounds really <laughs> inappropriate. Jump the shark. Jump the shark. Does that work? Friggin' premature ejaculation. It would have worked. All right, I'm tweeting that right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go back Okay, to- so... Harry, in this book, wakes up to find out that he is, in fact, still a wizard. Shocker. Anyway... So some shit's going down in the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Voldemort is back consuming the entire world it's actually flooding out into the muggle world where shit's getting real there as well as getting real in the the wizarding world however harry's still at privet drive and he's going shit i'm gonna turn 16 and i'm still not involved and i have a southern accent all of a sudden what is up with that Harry became a real southern belle between books five and six i I do declare (laughs) anyway so, anyway, Dumbledore comes knocking on Privet Drive. Come and knock on my door. Da, 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 da. Sits the Dursleys down and it's pretty much, you guys are assholes. I gave you one job and you fucked it up. By the way, Harry's leaving next year. Go fuck yourselves. He takes Harry away in a big dramatic fashion um, to go recruit uh, Slug, uh, this new professor, Slughorn. And Slughorn is kind of hiding out because he doesn't want to be killed off by uh, the Death Eaters. But Dumbledore still finds him, so I guess that's, eh, okay. So he convinces that Harry, he uses Harry to convince Slughorn to come back to Hogwarts. Harry's like, okay, cool. But then Harry realizes when he finally, like, gets back into the Wizarding World, like, everyone actually now appreciates him because he was spewing the truth the entire time when everyone thought he was a liar. So now he's kind of a popular celebrity. Like, he's... He's the chosen one. He's our golden boy. And he's like, wow, this is what it's like to be popular. I haven't been like this since, I guess, the first book. But anyway, he they go back to Hogwarts. Nothing is going on, really. And he's kind of getting jittery. He's like, nothing's going on. Something's amiss. Something's amiss. Nobody's actively trying to kill me at the moment. Let me go see if I can stir up trouble with Draco Malfoy, who's being questionable right now. Meanwhile, Draco Malfoy's into some shady shit, and Snape's also into some shady shit, but we just don't know quite how shady the shit is until the very end of the book. But, at the same time, Dumbledore is now trying to teach Harry how to fight against Voldemort, and that's going okay, because Harry doesn't quite understand what Dumbledore's doing by showing him all these sorts of memories at first, because he's taking him into the pensive with all these Voldemort backstory. And Harry's going like, why the fuck are you showing me this? And Dumbledore's like, you'll learn soon enough. And yeah, and pretty much the year goes by of nothing really happening. Harry is now Quidditch captain, by the way, mm-hmm. which is totally bullshit that Quidditch captains and prefects are on the same level. That makes no sense to in, me. In terms of, like, respectability amongst students? They can do at, 
because the Quidditch captains can do literally whatever they want after after dark, like now, the prefects can. Now, okay, say you're a captain of a football team in England in a small town. You tell me that person cannot get away with murder. I mean, not murder, but yeah. Murder! Unless you're in Tom Riddle's town, then, then, yeah, then everybody then will talk can, about yeah. that murder. So, anyway, so Harry defi- realizes that Malfoy's sneaking you into the room requirement, doing some dastardly things, but he can't get in there. Darn him! So, eventually, eventually, Dumbledore reveals that we have to kill Voldemort. And Harry's like, no shit. But he's like, we have to do it by destroying his horcruxes. What's a horcrux? Well, there are these things that, you, that Voldemort put his soul into that we can destroy and it's protected with dark magic and they're evil. Let's go kill something. Okay, so they fly off to kill a horcrux. Meanwhile, Dumbledore is really gets fucked up on this. I'm going, Tim. Stop looking at your watch. Odysseus has made his way home already. Shut up. They destroy it. Dumbledore's weekend, they fly back, but holy shit, something's happening in Hogwarts. Get, so they get back to Hogwarts, guess what? Mitt Draco's there waiting for Dumbledore to come in, and then boo I just realized something. Half-Blood Prince has a die-hard situation where terrorists invade and take over that area. Kind of like die-hard, and Alan Rickman's in both of them, just saying. Holy shit! And he's the one... Steer- we can finally make die-hard references, that makes sense! Sorry, I had really had a piffy there. I apologize. And look- someone falls from a dirt long tower to their death. Half five. <laughs> totally high five. The worst high five ever. They completely missed. That was the worst synopsis. I, you like lost it halfway. I don't even know what's going on. And I literally just read this book the last twenty four hours. Like what? What happened? But well, I think we should, we should we should break down this anyway. Story. Dumbledore dies at the very end. Spoilers. Yeah. And Harry decides, well, if Dumbledore is dead, I'm not going back to school, so fuck this shit. And Heron and Hermione are like, hey, we're in the book, too. And we're coming with you wherever you're doing. Oh, my God. You always take out Nikki's eyeball with that. (laughs) Like, sometimes Uh, I'm like, did you really read the book? Or did you just make up half of what happened? (laughs) Well, he's not drawing Batman at work. He's had his fan fiction of how he should approve the Harry Potter books. (laughs) Oh, my God. Making Harry into a Southern Belle. Step one. Harry make an awful Southern Belle, just for the record. Trent him smooth as a genie's pants with his Southern Belle charms. I thought it would not work. Hi there, Voldemort. (laughs) You like to come in for some tea? (laughs) Voldemort, this wizarding town, this wizarding world ain't big enough for the both of us. Uh, I don't have a a nose, but I can smell your bullshit accent from here. (laughs) There's a snake in my There's chamber. A <laughs> There's a snake in my tower. Anyway. Uh, okay, so. So, first chapter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Prime Minister of Malaysia. No. Prime Minister of England is visited, but is worried about the coming of the other prime minister, and he yeah. is worried about that because of strange occurrences happening. Whenever a strange occurrence happens, this other prime minister shows up via his fireplace. If I'm not, he used by he he goes by. Um, and they have the portrait that's uh, stuck, and that's how he announces, like, "Hey, request a meeting." Yeah. At nine. And it starts out that it would it would it shows it goes over time when Fudge would show up and talk to the minister at different events through the previous books, and it ends with with the Fudge no longer the prime the. 
uh, Minister of Magic at that point, and Rufus Scrumdraw is introduced at the end of the first the chapter, right? Yes. What is so humorous? I just read your tweet. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh <laughs> exactly what you said. <laughs> I, I was not kidding. I was tweeting. I don't have I, Twitter. I know, but like I was. Did you share it on Facebook? Uh, I, I, all my stuff goes to Facebook, so I will tag you in that. <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't have worked if Dakota wasn't at the end of it. <laughs> not as funny. Yes. Um, okay, yeah. I kind of like when the books don't start with Harry. Like, I mean, obviously my favorite chapter out of all of the books is the first chapter in um, Goblet of Fire. Um, you put your name in the Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I think it just kind of, um, it kind of gives you a broader perspective because when you're just stuck between, you know, the Harry, Ron, uh, Hermione drama, like you forget that there is a whole world that's affected. Um, and I think you see that more so in this book than any of the other ones. And I think it's like a growing up thing, but I like, it's like, while all the shady shit that Voldemort does is happening, the muggles will notice. Like, yeah. people are dying and some of those people double dipped in the, the wizard and the muggling, muggling, the <laughs> muggling <laughs> world, <laughs> the muggling world. Um, so it's just kind of cool that we don't start off with Harry. And this one's also cool because the second chapter, is not about Harry either. No. So it's a double up of not Harry. <laughs> no, I thought it was, Sorry, if that it's was okay. too loud. Uh, that's all right. Um, no, I thought it was definitely ag- interesting that we find that the Muggle Prime Minister knows about the magical Prime Minister, the yes. magical world. He doesn't understand everything because, to be honest with you, when they recap his relationship with Cornelius Fudge, he's not given too much information about what's going on. On the why, other why side. would you keep? Why would you keep him that much in the loop? I think a need to know basis would definitely apply here. Yeah, well. He had so many more questions than what Cornelius Fudge was giving him. Of course. But, yeah. But, no, I thought that was a really cool, like, thing. And, like, how the Prime Minister of England was just like, this is bullshit. Yeah. And he's Now, like, now it's changing. Now I have to have a new relationship with this guy? Who yeah, seems- yeah, yeah. So, wait. Then you, like, I love the one line at the very end of the, that chapter. It's like, but you guys can do magic. Can't you just magic something up? To solve your solve this problem, and Cornelius Fudge just kind of like gives him like a sympathetic smile back. It's like, yes, but the other side can do magic too. Yeah, and Ooh, just leaves yeah. that. It's like, shit. Okay, yeah. but it is fun to see it. Maybe not fun, but very cool to see how the magic world does influence the Muggle world. Like the dreary, cold summer that they were having, right? It was actually spawning Dementors. Yeah. And the tor- tornado in the uh, in the countryside and the bridge collapsing that was mm-hmm. all caused by Death Eaters. Mm-hmm. Like it's just really cool how it's all covered up like that, and it's like well, which is something that I think we can really look forward to with Fantastic Beasts is because it does involve Harry and it's definitely involved with New York City, which obviously is a very close place to all of us because we are all New Yorkers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely the whole premise is predicated on. The muggles finding out about what's going on is all these weird beasts are running amok in New York City. Right. So, could, yeah, fun so, premise. Yeah, so. And, and the cool thing there is that it's literally an encyclopedia. So there's no storyline. Like, you can't say it didn't follow the book because there's nothing to follow in the book. It's like, this is a chimeria. Yeah. This is a flubble war. Why do you always make fun of the words no, that I learned while that. reading? Chimera, you mean? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I corrected both y'all. I said Chimera, but yeah, Chimera. 
Whatever. But Okay. I'm just saying, it's cool. Okay. Anyway, next chapter. Next yes. Chapter. <laughs> the chapter unbreakable two. vow. <laughs> I have so many problems with this thing, but let's, let's... Wait, no, chapter two is Spinner's End. Unbreakable vow is later on. Oh, okay. But it is about the unbreakable vow. It's Spinner's, just not yeah. called. Yes, Spinner's End. Fun fact, just saying that it's called. Yes. So in this chapter, uh, we see uh, Bellatrix Lestrange... And Draco's mother... Narcissa. Narcissa, thank you. Mm-hmm. Narcissa is going to Severus's, Severus Snape's house in... Bellatrix, Narcissa, Severus. I mean... Yeah, very I good. I was going to say, like, I should put the bike on you, Nikki. He's like, all right, I repeat that to me. <laughs> <laughs> so Narcissa is ru- going to Snape's, Snape's house. Uh, Bellatrix is chasing her. He's like, don't do this. This is stupid. And as the reader going, like, what's going on? Yeah. Because... Narcissa is actually being a human mother instead of just some... Pre- an alien mother. You an know. alien... No, because, like, you, so far we all we got was this woman that had, like, a very nasty face who didn't give two shits, that had no lines. Yeah. Ever. Like, what was the last time we saw a goblet fire? I'm pretty sure it's, like, come on, come on Draco. Draco, or, like, come Draco. Like, there's no, like, she really has, like, no personality. Because Lucius is so... Grandiose. What? Did I not no, say No, Lucius Malfoy doesn't. Oh, I, was, I thought you were making funny how <laughs> no, I said no, no, it. I'm, no, I'm making fun of Lucius <laughs> Just with the whole, mm, I'm Lucius Malfoy with my yeah. with, And my L'Oreal commercials that I do. Chesame, ooh la la. Anyway, so, <laughs> so, and I like the, the, the play between the two sisters. Yeah. Because it's such a night and day between them, but they're still both technically dark witches so yes. it's such a an interesting play and and you see this kind of there's sympathy with snape but there's not at the same time like he's kind of cold but he's also like caring towards narcissa like i don't know there's like a weird not you i wouldn't use the word affectionate no like it's not quite kind Sympa- but sympathetic it's, I think, yeah. yeah i think that would be and and i don't think because all right, we probably say that even though the cold demeanor that Snape has, he probably has some connection to a few of his students, and probably Malfoy is one of them. Yeah. Either we don't know if that is just a facade, like everything else he does for the Death Eaters, or it's this is genuine emotion because he is such a good con man. Yeah, he's essentially like the person you never want to be friends with because you never know if they're telling the truth or faking. There's no like. If he was to take a lie detector test, it would never move. No. Because you can't, there's no base question. Like, even if him telling the truth is almost as bad as him telling a lie. So you never know. And, like, he's taking this unbreakable vow, which literally, if you break it, you die. Because he knows that it doesn't matter. But he's able to convince them that, and Bellatrix, who's, like, so, like, she doesn't trust him. Why should she at this point? Ever, Yeah. So it, so he's able to essentially play two people that really shouldn't be that easy to manipulate. Um, and there's almost something to be said that if you're going to be as close to Voldemort, like, that's how you should be. Mm. So it's, it is interesting that you get to see more of the double agent side of Snape mm. than I think you've ever really been able to see. We did mention, we skipped out the fact that uh, Narcissa is going to Snape because she found out that uh, Voldemort gave Draco a 
secret job, which she's worried that because of how bad Lucius fucked up in the previous book, it's not going to be a pretty, and it's probably going to be like a suicide mission for Draco. So she's hoping that Snape, being at Hogwarts, can help protect or help Draco out with the task. So that's why she's going there. And Bellatrix is saying, don't do this. We can't trust Snake. Uh, Snape. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> can't. Snake, shape, Snape. Whatever. Something slimy. Something slimy and disgusting. <coughs> anyway, so Bellatrix is going, you can't trust him. Plus, by the way, Voldemort personally gave Draco a task. He should be honored. You should be honored. You're serving the Dark Lord. And she's like, no. Despite the fact of what Lucius did in the last book. Yeah. It's like, no. He's my son. He's probably going to end up dead. It's like the first time. It's like, okay, yes. Very, and I actually do applaud J.K. Rowling because this is a conversation that you can totally see two people in like a cult having that are very close to each other, like just arguing about like the basic facts. And then at the same time, you can totally re- – you can kind of relate to Narcissa being worried because she's being a mother, like a genuine yeah. caring mother. And this is like almost like a setup that's paid off later in the next book after yeah. – presumably harry's death yes like and because despite the fact that whatever you say about lucius and narcissa they are parents first and foremost yeah even though they have their allegiances to the death eaters they would they would abandon them at a drop of a hat for draco now would lucius do that or narcissa narcissa would do that but she but he would follow her yeah it would never he would he would i don't know i think he's a little bit more I, th- I think Narcissa through and through. I think that a thousand percent is right. But I don't know if uh, if Lucius is quite... Though you also, I mean, take into effect by next year, everything that Voldemort's put them through, I think anybody's loyalty would be tested. Waned, yeah. So I don't necessarily think it's quite as much him being a parent first. I think he's just kind of... Lost the faith. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Because in the seventh book, he, him and Narcissa and Sam fight the Battle of Hogwarts, run into Hogwarts... Yelling, Draco, where, is your, where are you? Yeah. Looking for their son just to make sure that he's okay. But. Now, who, I forget, who suggests the Unbreakable Bat? Was it Bellatrix? Yes. Yes. Like, as, like, sar- being... Like, sar- oh, like, oh, you really want to help? Fine. Yeah, so, like, being kind of sarcastic about it. Not not thinking he would go through with it, and yeah. he does. Yeah. At the same time, um... Peter Pettigrew, by the way. Peter Pettigrew is there, him. and he's kind of, and of course Snape is ordering him around because Peter Pettigrew is a person to be ordered around. Yeah. And, and so Snape makes the unbreakable vow saying that he will help Draco in his mission no matter what with his life on the line. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, like, all right, this is really serious. This is a great – and it's great setup because you're not given enough – you're given just enough information. We do not know what the mission is yet. Yes. and But also, at the same time, the readers are now going, like, so he is 100% working for Voldemort at this point. Yes. So he is the double agent. He's a double agent. He's working He's working for Dumbledore, but he's really working for Voldemort. Sorry. I didn't mean to steal from. Just backtrack real quick. It wasn't Bellatrix. It was Narcissa who said it. But it was, like, a desperation thing, and Bellatrix mocked him into doing it if mm. that makes sense gotcha so it wasn't her idea first i just wanted to okay. sorry go back to clarify yeah. cool <laughs> all right now after that it cuts to privet drive yet again with harry realizing my life sucks 
speak a southern bell all the way up in the hall. Up in his tower, just waiting for some young strapping man to come and save him. So an old man comes and saves him instead. Because his uncle is dead. I didn't, mean that, I, didn't, I didn't mean for that to rhyme either. It just happened that way. <laughs> so what does Dumbledore say to the Durastays? Like, am I? If you followed my brief synopsis and brief, the no one did. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, he was there just to pretty much say, like, okay, so in the Wizarding World, uh, wizards and witches become of age at the age of seventeen, not age of eighteen, I'm like in the Muggle World. However, and when that happens, the spell, the spell that Harry's mother put on him to protect him, will break. So, because he can't call this place home because he's an adult. However, before any other stuff gets mentioned, I just want to tell you all that I gave you one job, and one job only, and that was to love Harry like he was your own son, and you didn't. And it, it got really awkward, that awkward, you could tell, like, if you're reading it, like, there's that awkward science going on right now. Where this is the Child Protective like, Services uh, conversation that's going on right now. Yeah. We see the sassiest Dumbledore coming through when he's talking to the jerseys like he's hitting them over the head with wine glasses he's lecturing them on manners you can tell that Dumbledore is just done with the Dursleys and he wishes he could take Harry out of that um and like because Harry like any kid deserved a good childhood he didn't get one and now now put yourself in the Dursleys point of view (laughs) I mean you have Harry like a couple years ago, ruining a good chance at a job by dropping a cake on the boss. He blows up his uh, Vernon's sister, and she ends up floating throughout London. The the Weasleys come bashing through the fireplace, which and, was hysterical, to read. Um, causing uh, Dudley's tongue to change several colors and grow an extra amount of length. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dudley gets attacked and almost his soul sucked out in the next book, and now you have this old man lecturing them. I mean, like, yeah, like but the it, end of July just has to suck for the Dursleys no, if you go to that point they, of view. They brought it on themselves. Yeah. Oh, it's totally. I mean, I'm, they, I'm totally. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that they were. I'm not saying they should be vindicated for anything they've done. I'm just saying, imagine you're from them, like, oh, it's July's coming up, something well, bad's gonna happen because Harry's here. Well, I, yes, at that point, it's like, okay, brace yourselves. We got we have two, three months with this kid. Shit's go- something's going. Something bad's going to happen. But Memorial Day is probably terrible for them. Oh gosh. Well, they wouldn't have Memorial Day, but that's beside the point. They have some form of Memorial Day. But like I doubt it's in May. It's probably not in May. But anyway, um, no. I mean, if they were just, if they treated Harry like they treated Dudley, and they grew up brother like actual brothers, brothers yeah. and Harry would have a normal childhood. And when this stuff does occur, it's not that bad. It's there's no repercussions for them. No, I mean the closest like serious repercussions was in the last book with Dudley almost dying. Yeah, but Harry was, was but that, Harry that was out that wasn't like Harry's that if that was going to happen that was going to happen. Yeah, and Harry made sure that it wouldn't happen. He was willing to put his life on and not his life on the line, but his ability to practice magic on the line in order to save his, his save his. Yeah, well, he without well, he didn't even hesitate. To no, him. because he, he's a good hearted person, and it's that it's that. Recklessness that gets him gets him the trouble at the end of the book. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's uh, but yeah, no. So Dumbledore pretty much berates them for treating Harry like a piece of shit, 
And yeah, he's like, okay, but <laughs> that just, like not like I did much better than the last book, so I, I really should not be giving you too much crap. But you have many more years on me, so that's true. That is true. Yeah, but I the like best way is like how they're leaving. Like Dumbledore has like the best line. I think it's one of my favorite Dumbledore quotes. Like, let us step out into the night and uh, pursue that flighty temptress adventure. That's, like, my favorite line. Yeah. Yeah, he's got, like, a few really good ones in here, which I think is really fitting, like, because you're you're so invested. Because, I mean, you're invested in Dumbledore the entire series, but Dumbledore takes front and center in this. Uh, you see a whole different kind of version of him, and you start to see um, just when you're a kid, your idols, and those people, when you start to realize that they also have problems and they're not superhuman anymore... Um, I, you start to see that crack a little bit in this book. And now Dumbledore is leaning and he's trusting a little bit more of Harry. And I think it's just a cool, a cool change in their dynamic. Yeah. I mean, like you look at your parents, like you look them up as your mom and dad. And as you get older, you kind of become not just go from parent and child. You only become friends at that point. At least like between my dad and I, we become friends, not just father and son at this point i know in the past re- past book reviews we mentioned how like each book kind of dumbledore is like a different like has like takes on a different persona last book we had the warrior dumbledore like dumbledore yeah. being a fucking badass yeah this is when we finally see dumbledore at his weakest yes then the first this interaction the next one's kind of like for the most of the book you think he's the fraud or you think he's the terrible person yeah. in the next one for but, the majority of it yeah but this the first chapter even harry's like something's up especially with that gross darkened burnt hand yeah with the crypt keeper hand he's got going on there does that still work yeah yeah it's still okay and and, and, looking it's just dead looking and despite snape's best efforts to save it well as we later find out yeah we later find no snape tries as many potions as possible to keep the hand slows the he slows the curse down it's going to kill dumbledore no matter what it's just slowing it down yeah by me time yeah because I guess that, the, that whatever happened to his hand was going to happen to his entire body. Yeah. So, but, yeah. So, but we Harry sees that. What if it's they, like, if they, could they just lopped it off and grew the hand back? What do you think would have just been, like, it's yeah, so effective to him? You can grow back bones, but, like, dead. You can't bring I think you can grow back, back limbs. What, well, what about Pettigrew's hand? Granted, it's, it's a magical. It was a fake magical hand. It's the same. So, but, and you look at how, like, unfitting it is to Pettigrew, like, that big... I, I consider it, like, almost like a cyborg arm. Like, that's how I always pictured yeah, it. Yeah, it was like a, like a yeah. metal gauntlet like, that was just magically put on him. Right. And it's like, we look at, like, how, like, muggle technology is advanced mm-hmm. as far as creating, you know, prosthetics and things like that. But I don't think for someone of Dumbledore's nature... To have a prosthetic. ...that would ever be something he'd consider. I think he'd, like, he's always been very self-aware about mm-hmm. his age um and he definitely lived longer than what he really should have yes um so i i think too i think he wanted people to know uh that something was going on because he spent you know all last year defending harry so mm-hmm. i think that you know he's saying no this is serious you need to take better action and that case works a lot better when you're you know here with a dead hand yeah then if you're like Look at me with my shiny new toy. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. It just reminds me of that Family Guy joke when they made when they did uh, made fun of Empire Strikes Back when 
Chris, like, Chris gets a new hand, like, oh, I have a new hand. Yay, better try on a hot dog first before you use it on yourself. And so I'm just like, oh, it's inappropriate. After Perfect Drive, they go and see Professor Slughorn. Wait, 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 wait. Just real quick. Also, when Dumbledore comes to the uh, the Dursleys, he also did, does have to bring it about the will of Sirius Black. Yeah. Yes. Which Harry does not want to deal with. Because he's in denial. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like to the hatred of the Dursleys, when as soon as Dumbledore said he left you his house. They're like, you oh. You got left a house and all of his belongings? Oh, just yeah. the dollar bills start just rolling in his eyes. And that's, and that's where you lose all, like, back to what you were saying. Oh, like, you have to, like, in their position. It's like you lose all grounds for that because it's like they're so self-centered. And so they just don't even realize how awful. And, like, you had that moment where, like, Petunia realized last year. Yeah. But it's like this like brief brief fleeting moment and then you get all of this like that's just a prime example of what harry dealt with i saw an article like just the article headline i didn't actually read it (laughs) so you literally saw the article i just saw the article (laughs) but it got wheels a turning was petunia actually magical and she denied her powers no, no, because of how jealous she was of Lily. Right. Also, she wrote a letter to Dumbledore asking if she can attend yeah. Hog- Hogwarts, right. and he's like, you're not magical. So, so I'm glad I did not waste my time reading that article. Yeah. Then. No, it's probably like something, like, they probably made, like, a, a decently loose argument. Yeah. But that's probably someone who's only seen the... Uh, the movies, right? Like, yeah. If that makes like, I don't, obviously we haven't read the article, so I have no idea. Maybe yeah. their basis is really strong, and there's a chance, but I don't think. No. Like, why would she repress those? Because when they were little, she wanted, she wanted it so bad, right? So, but Dumbledore said she can't attend Hogwarts. So, yeah, if she had an ounce of magic in her, she would be attending Hogwarts. Yeah, even yeah. if she was like a squib or any like really bad. Like you look at, I mean, obviously we Filch. see Neville's. Like yeah. powers grow, but Neville first year, like you don't get worse than Neville. No. So you have to think that if there was just any glimpse, they would have, you know, she would have been a Hufflepuff, but she would have been there. Yeah. And then also when during that whole exchange, he was like, "Also, oh, you get creature." Yeah, yes, creature master says. Yeah, and Harry is like, I don't want, I don't want the house, I don't want his belongings, I don't want creature. I don't want you. I don't want you, you fucking old fuck. (laughs) um, You show up when you want, and I have to stay here all summer, and I have to do it without, without, without just turning Harry into like a bitter alcoholic. It's just like, like yelling at a person he has to see on the weekends, like, I have to see you. Harry, I think you had too much better. Fuck you. What happened to your accent? What happened to your accent? <laughs> I'm a southern belle now, Dumbledore. Just going back to uh, how I don't know how to pronounce anything, I really thought Creature's name was Crutcher for the longest time. I never dawned on me that Creature was Creature. 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 Just creature Master says. But yeah, no, so Harry gets Creature. And uh, there was a moment where a panic where it's like, well, we the Order of Phoenix moved out of uh, Grimmauld Place because Bellatrix possibly owns it. Yeah. And it's like, no matter what his, uh, Sirius Black's will says, Bellatrix could own uh, Grimmauld Place and he, she could own Creature. We don't know. 
And we and can't like, trust Creature anymore. And we either. can't trust Creature anymore. But it's like, there's like, well, how do we find out? Kind of like pissed off. I don't want to deal with this shit. But how do we find out? Well, I can call Creature here, and if he listens to you, then yeah. we're all set. Fine, fuck it. So Creature pops up, and Petunia starts going, ah! Yeah, because a dirty, super smelly, sonic. Uh, super smelly elf yep. house elf in, in your And Creature nice... starts wailing and cursing and everything, and Harry just goes, shut up! And he, and he does. And he does. Like, it looks like he's choking, but he shut up, and it's like, oh, see, he will listen to you. Yep. What do you want him to do? And he's like, send him a fucking Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. <laughs> gonna drink my no, butter no, beer, fire whiskey, fuck. Imagine, no, it's G2, like, like, let me go! Keep the turn and drops John Carr. What the hell did you do that? Because you told me to stand on one foot. Now <laughs> 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 it's magic. Arnold Schwarzenegger, voicing creature now. Oh, yes, master. Oh, master, dirty, blooded, not blood. Oh, I'm going to lead a revolution at the house elves in the next book. Don't worry. Oh, me and Winky, we're going to take on all, all the Death Eaters. Doesn't Winky... What happens to Winky? Does she just die of, like, liver poisoning or something? No, she's... She's still drinking. She's just drinking in the basement. That's it. If I drink like that for... Yeah, but you're not a house elf. (laughs) We don't know. We don't know the digestive process of the house elf. Yeah, she's just getting her butterbeer on. She's not like my buddy Larry, who's a goddamn featherweight. Yeah, I said it, Larry. I'll say it to your face. Wow. That was true. I, Shots I, fired. Yeah, one shot. He's like, ooh. <laughs> I, I always make fun of him. Like, he's like, yeah, I can hold my blood. I'm like, no, you're a fucking featherweight. He's like, at least, you, at least I drink. I'm like, that's your prerogative, sir. <laughs> Next chapter. Slughorn. Slughorn. I should, like, just briefly synopse them since when we let Dakota explain what happens. It's like five hours later. Yeah. <laughs> a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. So, so, go no, on. I'm not going to briefly synopse it. It is your thing, even though it takes forever. Let's go, but, let's go. So in this chapter, we are introduced to a retired professor um, who is Horace Slughorn, who is on the run. He is trying to avoid both the good guys and the bad guys. He essentially just wants to be left alone. Switzerland. Um, so Dumbledore tries to persuade Horace to come back. Um to no avail. Yeah. And leaves Harry alone with him to kind of remind him what the perks of being at Hogwarts. Because you can say Horace is a collector of sorts. He likes to get the most uh, up-and-coming witches and wizards and just have them in his good graces. So he can say that he influenced the rich and the powerful, essentially. He is a fame whore. Yeah. He just wants to ride on the coattails of whoever's famous. He doesn't want to be in the spotlight, which you got to give him credit for, because there's a lot of, I mean, you look at Gildery Lockhart. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. he didn't uh-huh. want the fame for Hi. himself. He just Hi. wants to say, yes, I taught so-and-so, or yes, how is this person? He's he and her talk all the time, you know. He's the, he's the gossiper down at the bar, saying, like, I remember when I was... Yada yada yada. Yeah. Oh, we we Maybe still can. We yeah. still, oh her 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 and I are best Either friends. We, we exchange we exchange Christmas cards and stuff like that. And I might she named she I she gave her son Horace as his middle name because of and he's got his own club too named after for all the prominent students in Hogwarts. 
is I forgot. Fuck, I forgot. The, like I have read the Slug, Slug Club. Club. I'm like, it's, it can't be that simple. It can, I have read this book, people. Don't worry. Like, it's not like I'm. I read it too, but you would never guess. No, like, it's been a while. It is. <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> since, we, since both of us have read yeah. it. So we are relying on Nikki's uh, uh, memory of reading it in the past 24 hours yes. on it because I knew I wanted to get this. Uh, podcast done because it would be I don't know when until we the next time we had a chance to so yeah knowing what that Slughorn can now influence and possibly be a part of Harry Potter's life he's like all right Dumbledore you're twisting my arm I'll come back yeah so and it's like without Harry even realizing it Dumbledore was kind of using him as a tool and um and like it a worked screwdriver yeah it completely completely oh. worked and I think he was monkey wrenched just going through. I like how you guys have, like, side conversations. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Eh, are we going to continue on our chapter to chapter, or should we, like, just broaden uh, it? We can make it a little broader now. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I was like, uh, I mean, so, this like, is one of These are really, like, these two chapters are very important. Yes. This fourth chapter is very yeah. important. Yeah, they kind of set the scene mm-hmm. for The next thing is, that. like, we believe he's coming back as Defense Against a Dark Arts teacher, and it's not. No. He's coming back as the Potions teacher, and then you're like, Wait, then if he's the potion teacher, who's, who's gonna be teaching the... defense against the dark arts? It's it's Pikachu. <laughs> it's Clefairy. Fuck! <laughs> it's Snape. Fuck! <laughs> and who is the, the next defense against dark arts teacher? Is it who is Thor, Horace Slughorn? <clears throat> I'm sorry, Jim. That was wrong. Correct. Anyone else for the steal? It was who is Severus Snape? <laughs> what? Or or in wrestling terms, hold on, like it's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> Which also completely changes the dynamic for Harry because Harry had had these plans to have an order, uh, to be in order, but you needed potions. <laughs> So I'm trying. I'm trying. Here. I'm sorry. Like, I, I I totally gave you like a half half judgmental look there. I'm it sorry. It was like a, it was like a three quarters judgmental look. I was like like my head did go all the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, you like, didn't full snap, but like there was enough motion there that I was like, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but yeah, so he had had these plans. That's what his career goal is, and he knew he wasn't getting the score to get into Snape's. New level potions. Yeah, because he, he because uh, Harry believed that it was only you needed the top grade to get into Snape's uh, class, mm-hmm. but Slughorn is a bump down, which Harry got. Yeah, Harry showing that he's not inept at potions. Potions. No, Harry's actual like uh, OWLs were really good. Like um, one, I think it's really funny that troll is an actual category, and it wasn't just something Fred and George was like joking around that, like, you really can get the troll. No, it's a little bit sad to see, like, how yeah. smart are these students and stuff like that. And I like that at the borough, so while they're all, like, waiting for these, like, Hermione's literally having a nervous breakdown. She has this, like, black eye. She's, like, freaking out. Like, what do you mean they're supposed to come today? Because, like, Dumbledore, like, gave Harry the inside scoop that they're yeah. supposed to come. And then, like, Harry did really, I mean, Ron did average, because it's Ron. Yeah, yeah. And what it like Hermione did all right, right? Like she like, excelled except for like one for, like subject that yeah. she like it was like outstanding in everything except for uh oh the practical on defense against the dark arts. Yes. Right. So yeah, because Harry got uh acceptable in astronomy, which is the one that you're watching. Um, what's his face get attacked? Uh, Hagrid's uh Hagrid's uh. We saw, um, 
Hagrigan and McGonagall. Yeah, so both of them got attacked during that exam. So, I mean, an acceptable is a pretty good one. He did exceeds expectations in care of magical creatures and charms. Outstanding in defense against the dark arts, because, duh. Yeah. Um, divination, he did poor, which, I mean, poor is better than troll. Yeah. Um, and but then, you did not see really further yeah. in anything. Herbology was exceeds. History of magic was dreadful, but he, like, the fainting spell? It wasn't really a fainting. It was had like the vision or whatever. Yeah. And then it would exceed expectations in potions and transfiguration. So he overall did very, very well. Now, wasn't he, wasn't Snape kind of persuaded to give him exceeds expectations of potions? No, no. No, no, it's, a, it's it an outside a, source. It's like the yeah. SAT. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he it was, had Wasn't no, the previous year he was kind of influenced like with like the end of the year exams, or at least one of the books he was. Well, uh, fourth year he didn't have to take them because he, he was the Triwizard. Triwizard. Uh, Third year, it might have been. It might have been third year. Okay. Because uh, second year, the Chamber of Secrets, the exams got canceled. Canceled, and then the first year, the whole thing with the Sorcerer's Stone, he didn't have to take his exams. I mean, so Hogwarts gets canceled all the time. Like I would be, I would have like fifteen degrees if I went to Hogwarts. Seriously. So, all right, moving on quickly, as well as what's going on after they've received their. OWL results. They go to Diagonetti. Um, friend George have opened up the joke shop. That's a success. It's like the only successful business that's going on right now. Yeah, everybody everything else is disappearing. It's like it's like the goddamn prohibition. Like yeah, everything's in hiding at this well, point. Yeah, no. They said that when they first got it, Harry was like, "Are we sure we're not? Are we sure we're at Diagonetti?" It looks like more like Nocturne Alley at this yeah, point. Yeah, because it's dark. It's a bit. It's Dark, gross, and just completely abandoned and void of happiness and life. I mean, not even the Cantina band would probably play diagonally. Like, that's how sketchy the place looks yeah, right now. but, like, um, and certain people were missing, like, um, Ollivander, Ollivander disappeared. We'll um, find out what happens to him. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, the ice cream parlor, guy was taken, wasn't the guy taken in as, like, a Death Eater or connections no, no, with the Death no, Eater or no, what? Um, no, he... He just disappeared. I don't think he died, but, um, no, actually, he may have died because, uh, you're thinking of Stan, uh, Shunpike. Well, no, I, I know Stan Shunpike. Yeah. The being no, the, the Florence guy was, um, I think he either was killed or he, like, went missing. But Harry was really upset about that because of the year that he gave, like, the third book when he yeah. was giving him free ice cream. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna look while you continue but, your sentence. But, yeah, no, but, yeah. Diagon Alley is also filled with these guys who are peddling uh, fake and dangerous charms to protect yourself from evil. Meanwhile, they're probably bringing evil. Yeah, and because... By the way, Mr. Weasley got a new job, a very important job of finding these fake art, fake artifact, uh, fake items and pretty much prosecuting yeah. the, the seller and whoever's making, uh, manufacturing them. It's funny that it's like the downturn of Diagon Alley was the fortune of Fred and George. Yes, because literally you're walking along, and the only bright and happy thing I mean, like, so much so that. it looks like a carnival at that point. Yes. You know Pooh. You know Pooh, the constipation sensation that's gripping the nation. <laughs> you're afraid of you know who? You should really be afraid of you know Pooh. <laughs> oh Lauren Fortis Q, uh, the ice cream place in Diagon Alley. And they said dragged off. He was dragged off. So he must have upset someone somehow, they said. So no, like he wasn't a death eater. They like somebody like Somebody got the scoop on that one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure. 
He got whacked. Uh, he never got creams out of his He sure. got iced. Oh! <laughs> I didn't even mean that, but yes! Yes! Suck it, Tim! Because then he got creamed. I, I, said that got, too. I said that right before he did. Yeah, oh, I... You guys are awful. Um, at least you guys high fives for real. Shut up. But yeah, so, and then Draco, so we see Draco with his mother who's like literally clinging to his every move. And then Harry notices that uh, Draco has given her the slip, which is really, really hard to do because she's so overprotective. I mean, we obviously know that from the first chapter, uh, the first the second chapter, not the first chapter, but yeah. you know what I mean. Um, so, and this is where Harry's, I think, grief comes through the most is how reckless he is. Um, because he isn't wrong about Draco, but he absolutely goes about Wolf, really. Yeah. Because he keeps pulling, like, he's throwing out Draco's name so unceremoniously and he's really not wrong but he's doing it in a way that people don't so take much, him serious there's so much bad blood between them over the years and nobody's like of course you want to say it because you hate the dude and, and also in my really big synopsis in the beginning uh, I did mention the fact that there, nothing is no one or anything is really going after Harry directly right at this point No, and it's, Harry's going is being set up for a very normal year but He's trying to make something stick on Draco. It's like, and at that point, it's kind of like, Terry, you're looking for trouble at this point. Yeah. Like, give it a rest. We all know Draco is not the best of people, but come on. Like, like, kind of, like, let it go. Let it go. Chill. Let it go. Let it go. Sorry. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go. It's funny. Um, Tom Felton, who plays Draco Malfoy in the movies, is on The Flash right now, and he is just as much a dick to Barry Allen as to Harry Potter. And, it, some people that and like, it just special. the very first scene. I'm like, oh, I know why you were casting this show right now. And it's it's also weird to see him as an adult doing it. I'm like, you haven't grown up a little bit, except for your hair it looks much nicer right now. Does he have a mustache? No, but he, he does kind of like have a kind of a little bit of a scruff okay. and longer blonde hair. He doesn't look like uh, Nick Carter anymore. So, do we want to talk about how Drake, like what happened between uh, Draco and Harry before, he, like how Harry almost missed going to school? Um, along with like the boy of Craig Wolf, Harry decides to. Uh, spy, on spy on them with, with his invisibility cloak. Draco gets the drop on him, knocks him out cold, and leaves him on the train. Under as, his invisibility uh, cloak, so nobody's going to see him except for... Tonks found him. Yes. Right. And Tonks strictly just like out of... Um, because it was the only car that had the curtains closed. Yeah. So but she... She's an aura for reason. Yeah, exactly. By the way, Tonks... Tonks in this is very, like, not the Tonks-like. She has very normal hair. She's very moody. And that leads to this whole side side story kind of revolving around Tonks. And, like, she, like, mourning serious, serious? Or what's going on here? Like, there's something amiss. And and it's kind of confounded when she brings Harry up to the gate of... Yeah, where she sends a Patronus up to... Uh, the up to the castle to yeah. let to let everyone know that she has him. Yeah, and it's like, and of course, like, and if, who's the first person to respond? Of course, Snape. it's Snape. Now, 
with the context of where Snape, where we find out what Snape is, it makes sense that he would go and retrieve him. Mm-hmm. It's just ironic that the person who despises Harry Potter more than Draco is the one who has to go collect him. And yeah, the, and the great, famous Harry Potter has to make a grand entrance, of course, every year. Does he still have blood on him? Yeah, yeah he's like, it's kind of dry now, but like he's, he's got a bloody nose for sure. Yeah. Because Draco broke his nose. Yeah. And he was stunned. Yeah, and like, no, but it doesn't like he'd like kick him in the face while he's down. Yeah, breaking his nose, yeah. yeah. But. Mm hmm. But yeah, no, that's a whole yeah. side story that gets resolved towards the end. Which we will get into. Which we will get to. So, it's announced that Snape is now the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. What? And so, Harry's like, oh, crap. And he didn't think he was going to have to take potions, but eventually his McGonagall kind of suggested him to take potions. Like, what po- are you doing? Take potions. You get it? And he's got like a free period, so he's like him and Ron just hanging out in the hallway looking at all the small kids. Like, whenever you were senior in high school looking at the freshmen, you see how small the yeah. freshmen were. They look so small. I love that line. They look so small. Yeah. Because it's like, were we that small when yeah, we first you were. started? And yeah, it's you, like, yeah. yeah, you were. And then McGonagall kind of throws them both into... Um... um Potions. Advanced potions. Merlin's beard! Harry's in my class. And he has to grab, receive a textbook from the cabinet. Is only because one. he didn't... Harry... Sorry. I didn't okay. have to hit it. All right. Harry and Ron don't have a potions textbook because they weren't expecting to have potions. they didn't buy it. So they don't have the book. So Horace is like, okay, yeah, just, there's two... There's a stack of old ones in the back. Use those until, like, you get them... Uh, get a new textbooks for yourselves. So Harry and Ron go back. They grab a textbook each. Ron opens up to do his potion. Harry opens up to find that, oh my god, this thing's all written up. I can't read some of this. Like and he starts many, like, yeah. wait a second, this writing is actually really helpful. And there's the, the contest. Yeah, and there's a, and this is the first class. It's like, let's make Felix Fancy's the potion that brings good luck to the person who drinks it. Anyone who can come the closest wins a batch of correctly brewed Felix Fancy's from me. Yeah. So, Hermione, being Hermione, is like, boo, 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 boo. She turns into a robot? Yeah. Well, she's practically a robot. But Ron is making Ron a black was... sludge of just death. <laughs> and Harry's like, okay, well, this is a very complicated potion, but these notes here may simplify everything. So he starts following the handwritten notes, and he's beating Hermione making this potion. And it's, it's and much to her chagrin. Oh, Hermione's pissed. Yeah. She's like, that should have been mine, motherfucker. <laughs> I will fucking cut you. Set this up, Like waking up, like a Harry waking up in the middle of the night with Hermione's hand on his like with wand on his eye, like use how the book says. <laughs> um, and I like what ghost? No, no, hold on, hold on. Uh, what ghost? That's motherfucker. You give away a piece of stick, I'll bleed you. Leave it to die. Real quiet. Got that? <laughs> I also like how, like, Ginny's like, um, she's like, I can't believe you would take advice from a book after you've seen what happens when you take advice from a book. Then again, you totally see where Ginny's coming from, but then again, the book isn't writing back to Harry. Yeah. No, but like, but but it's obvious, like, two things that you say here. A, we've all had the older textbooks during high school that have had written yeah. hammer and stuff in there. Mostly it's just that people goof it around. It's like, or penises. Yeah, it's penises and stuff like that. So it makes sense, and it's like it kind of gives you a little context of what this kind of textbook is like. Mm-hmm. And B, it shows that the, well, the women inside the Harry Potter universe are probably the smartest people in there because both Her- um, 
Hermione has bad vibes about it, and Ginny has bad vibes about that book, and they both tend to be, they both kind of turn out to be right when it comes to this book. Sure, the the book itself does not have any real mal, um, There's no maliciousness to it. However, Harry gets an idea from the book that kind of backfires on him later on when he, yeah. he deals with Draco. Yeah. So, so he's like, all right, this is written by the Half-Blood Prince. Like, that's a weird name. It's like, who is a Half-Blood Prince? And, like, why would you give himself a title there, like there that? There was one moment in the, towards the end of the book where I just, like, Hermione's obsessed with that. It's like, well, how do you know the Half-Blood Prince is a guy? That handwriting looks very girly to me. And uh, Harry's like, because it's a prince? Duh. Yeah. And she's just being a douchebag. But she's she like, obsessed, obsessed with it. trying to find out who exactly it was. And she does. But after all the bad shit goes down, she kind of is like, oh, by the way, told you so. Yeah. It's like, fuck you. Who the fuck cares? Because yeah. somebody's better at something than her. Yeah, but come on. Fucking Dumbledore died at this point, And Harry feels like a piece of shit. And you're just going to go slip in like, by the way, told you so. It's like, you. Yeah, she was kind of like, but she's also wrong. She was insisting that it was a girl, but it was actually Snape. Was, so, so does the Snape have that like a feminine handwriting? No, no, it was Snape. I thought, I, I thought it she was, just was like, because she wanted it to be like, I'm so clever. But, like girls can be clever too. Why do you keep assuming? I don't, I don't no, know if it, it was, was actually Snape's the mother's book that he had. had yeah, like he Snape. got that, but the property of the half blood prince, the half blood prince, was him. Yeah, because she so was they're not. Both but it right was, and it, wrong. But it was her note. It was her notes, like her potion notes, in it. That's why I. No, it's his. Oh, I, I think thought it was a hand me down from her to him. No, he, he wrote the notes. But in he it. wrote the notes. Like he got the book from her. But he wrote he all wrote the, the notes note. in there because she didn't she make those up. spells. And I know. Stuff. She, I know that, but I thought she, because it was a hand me down, was her mm, notes. No, no, because she was not a potions master. She was like head of the gobstop. Stones yeah, Club or something. Yeah. Right. Like she, it, it, she was not known. Snape's the half blood prince. Spoilers. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah, you should fucking know by now. Palpatine's behind it all. <laughs> but you do see a lot of, um, so you see a lot of people taking over other people too in this book. Like you see, uh, like, Madame Rosmerta. Is Rosmerta. that mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Draco puts her under the Imperius Curse. Um, who subsequently puts Katie under the curse. Um, and then you have Hermione who, con- what's it, confuddled? Confuddled? Wow, uh, the really annoying shit that wanted to be a keeper instead of Ron. Oh, what's it? No. Is it confunded? Fact checker. Um, and then you have, while he's looking at that, you have, uh, her, you have Ron who gets you know, a little bit of the Felix because well, of yeah. a little bit of the Felix, air quotes, air quotes. It, 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 is, it is pretty much the water and space jam at that point. Like it yeah, it, it yeah. Much, it's all psycho, it's a psychological, psychological thing about it that proves that it, because, okay, so we, I, we, we're t- hopping around a lot here. We're, we're talk- relatively, we're kind of hopping around though, but feel yeah, feel we're, when, we say, when we say Ron was given a Felix, the Felix potion, it's because Ron is still keeper for um, for Gryffindor, Gryffindor, and he believes that sucks. he sucks horribly, and there's a big game coming up, and he doesn't want to fuck up, and so Harry slips him some Felix fancies, 
quotes uh, to make him feel like he actually has a chance. And guess what? He believes he does, and he goes out and kicks ass, only to find out that he doesn't have to pee in a cup because he never did hmm. take Felix Fancies. So, yeah. And despite... And despite... Despite Hermione believing she did and wanted to tell because she... And she was still pissed after that. It's like, well, you shouldn't have lied like that. It's like, fuck you. Like, I'm sorry. I've been saying that a lot about Hermione. Yeah, she was a... you were hating on Hermione. I, I don't like It definitely seems like a lot of the conflict is contrived in this book when it comes to Ron, Hermione, and Harry, this book. Yeah, it just... I think it's 16-year-olds. Yeah, but like, it also seems like Dakota wants to join the He Man Woman Hayes Club no, here because no, he's no. such a shitty mood towards women right now. No, I'm. I'm no, it's. Think about Ginny. <laughs> I, I I could talk a lot of, because we finally get Ginny. We finally get Ginny like in this book after her just kind of being like a background side character who has like what five lines in it. She's actually involved. She's really involved. She's really entertaining in this entire book. And yeah, she kind of like we do see her for one, not that just Fred and George beating on Ron. Ron and Ginny get into a legitimate argument. Ron is like, I don't want my sister making out with some random dude, like random dudes in the middle of the hallway. And she starts like, get off. You're just being jealous because you don't, you never make out with anyone. <laughs> Shots fired. And Harry's like, wow, this is awkward. And, <laughs> and they really, they're, as you're reading, like, you can they're arguing, but like, they don't know that Draco is out there. Like, Draco becomes his Dinkleberg at <laughs> yeah, that point. Yeah, Dinkleberg. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, now imagine just Harry yeah. Potter as Ahab at this point. Uh, this Draco is my. Draco is <laughs> Call his. me Ishmael. <laughs> like, like Draco is his white whale, and he's going to get him one way or the other at this point. <laughs> Hi, Grinneth the Thou Grinneth Draco. Uh, I'm not too sure. Okay. But, uh, uh, but yeah, no, but like we finally get Ginny in here, and then we finally get Harry realizing I kind of like Ginny. Yeah, and it's kind of why like can't, why can't I why can't I be the one making out with Ginny? But then he's like, because you're because you're friends with Ron. Like this is his brain, but fine. You're friends with Ron. Yeah, but Ginny's hot and she's a redhead. And, I and I've been jealous head. whenever she's she's made out with a few other boys yeah. in the past. But you're bros with Ron. I also like. I mean, as much as a little bit, it, it is a little over the top, but I'm glad that there's some, like, just regular problems that Harry and them And not end-of-the-world problems. Yeah, like, I mean, some of it is the anticipation of bigger problems. Like, that's the main issue for Harry. But with, like, just how Ron and Hermione play out, him going... He really did just get with Lavender Brown to, like, just shut up Ginny. Like... Oh, yeah, and make Hermione jealous. But I don't know if that was his initial intent or if that just... It eventually became Yeah, it became that. it was really just to get back at Ginny. Yeah. And it was literally like he just jumped on that. And so then you have Hermione who's all upset, and that puts Harry back in the position of being in between two of his best friends. So you do get to see, like, just kind of the most normalcy that I can't... Jenny and I were like peas and carrots. Now we have Harry really as a something as Forrest Gump now. No, but you, in this book too, it's like the first time that the entire series that we get to see actually Harry and Ginny like actually connect and talk and interact with each other. And they like, yeah, 
you could, I mean, she's, you could, she hasn't stopped crushing on Harry, but for once, Harry's finally getting to actually know her. Yeah. And he legitimately starts, okay. Not only be an integral part of the Quidditch team. Yeah, she, he brings her on as a chaser, um, but, which later she becomes seeker due to some horrible shit that goes down, but you know. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. This is yeah, like I said, we're all over the place. We're we're Harry, we're we're as consistent as Pulp Fiction right now yeah. with timelines. Harry right kinda cur- Harry kinda yeah. cursed Draco in a bathroom, making Draco bleed out a little bit. And he gets detention for like the rest of the, like twelve weeks of the year, um, because of it and forcing him to leave the Quidditch team. Because you know what he nearly, he nearly killed Draco. Killed the dude. He deserved it. He nearly, you you just you would be in jail for attempted murder, jackass. Yeah, and I didn't know and, what it took. And it's not like an umbrage thing where it was like unjustified. Um, no, McGonagall said you probably got off easy if you have to give up Quidditch, you dumb fuck. I mean, like if it wasn't for Snape, I'm Draco would be dead. Yeah, Draco would totally be dead. Yes. Yeah. But Dumbledore would be alive. But not. But Harry would be an Azkaban. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I, they let, not so, Harry Potter, you are not guilty. And then it's the. It's like it's a, it's a, the LA riots, the London riots. Yeah. No, they would they would not convict him at all. No. But it was coming up to the actual House Cup. And so because Harry couldn't compete, he's like, okay, well, Ginny, because you played Seeker when Umbridge kicked me off the team, you're back to being Seeker. Throw. Your ex-boyfriend on, on his chaser. Guess what? That move worked. They won the Quidditch Cup, and then at that point, Ginny and Harry started dating because you know he came back, celebrated by just flat out making out with Ginny in, in front of everyone. And Ron was like, "Oh, fuck. I guess, fuck." <laughs> I mean, like, how would you feel like your best friend started going out with your sister? I had that situation happen. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, John. It was I don't. Me. Yeah. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> no, oh my uh, god! Revelation Theater going on here. In, one of my friends in high school wanted to date date my sister, and he asked if it was okay. I said sure, but every time they went on a date, he ended up hanging out with me, so that didn't last long. I mean, he wanted to really just be with you instead. He of wanted to hang out with me more. Yeah. So, I mean, Dakota is very attractive. Uh, you, know, you know, I realize the reason that we're so all over the place with timeline is that this book is all over the place with timeline. Because you think about the main, like, so Dumbledore gives Harry private lessons this year, and they're basically delving into the memories of that Dumbledore has amassed of Voldemort from a young age. So you think about it, the timeline is really wonky in this one. Yeah. So it's very easy to, because if you go by, okay, go by Draco's story... You're gonna cut out that part if you go by the react like how Harry's interacted with his friends. You're gonna end up skipping the private lessons with Dumbledore. And what we usually do, we usually do characters, and we go through plot through characters. Yeah. But there's so much plot in this book, even if it is rather mundane and rather like teenage normal. life. Like yeah. it, it's what a normal year probably should have been through the first time, like for the first time ever. It's rather. Like you say, like it's pedestrian, like it's what every year should have been, but like every year is like a. Yeah, most of the plot points in this book are just dealing with petty bullshit. Is that why you don't like this book? Yeah, it's just okay. 
I mean, yes, it's interesting to see what Draco's doing, but we don't learn what Draco's doing until the end of the book. Mm -hmm. We don't get why Dumbledore is doing all this shit for Harry, which is sporadic at best, until the end of the book. Mm -hmm. Nothing happens until the end of the book. So you're reading 400 plus, how many pages? 694. 654 pages just to, 652 pages just to get to the last 100 pages where actual stuff goes down. It just, it's... Yeah, but I, I, it's, never, it's, it's never boring, though. Yeah, I didn't find, like, I actually loved, got, like, I like that you're introduced to Voldemort's mother. I like seeing what the end of the Slytherin line, the actual end of the line, what that was. Like, I think those, going back in those memories, going into the Pensieve that has been established to us in these other books, I thought those were, like, the best parts. No, I'm not saying that they're not. But they're sporadic at best in the book. And when you're not dealing with that, it's dealing with Harry just trying to pin something on Draco or Hermione being jealous that Ron is dating Lavender Brown. Like, And it's just, come on. Like, okay, I understand that this is the first normal year Harry's going through, unless you count the first year. Kind it, of it, first it, year. it makes sense why you don't watch the CWDC shows then. It's just petty bullshit. Do you like the angst in the last book better than this? Yeah, because stuff goes down last book. Well, I also think because Harry was so emotional last book, I'm glad he plateaued a little in this book. Because yeah. if you had two books back-to-back of yelling Harry, it's not it was not going to work. Last book, I, I refer back to my last podcast of like how he should have relieved himself. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But last book, you had the whole... <laughs> but last... <laughs> well, at least it wasn't a premature joke, you know? <laughs> is that just gonna be the child like kind of like substitute word like what happened i jumped a shark oh <laughs> is it gonna become our code word for that now yeah. oh no, god last book okay just getting back to my point last book the umbridge controlling everything that added to it and harry what it wasn't dealing with petty bullshit he was figuring out how to like underhand umbridge the entire time mm-hmm. this one Snape is teaching defense against dark arts. How many actual lessons have we sat in with Snape teaching it? We have a full year with only like three examples of what defense against dark arts with Snape is like. Shouldn't it be that much more interesting? We really don't have that much experience with what Snape is like as defense against dark arts. So technically, isn't he doing a good job if Harry's not bitching about it? But the real plot of this book is Slughorn and getting the information from him. Like that's the... But that takes that is drawn out. Yeah, I will give you that. That is that is so drawn out. Like you, like it's just a full year of petty bullshit mixed in with Dumbledore's teachings, Draco failing to kill Dumbledore, and dealing with the whole retrieving the memory from Slughorn. Wait, so let's go to the failing to kill uh, Dumbledore because that we didn't actually even bring up like how Draco went to uh Borgen's and Burke. I I knew I, I made a conscious decision. I, I made a conscious yeah, like, decision to, to omit that until that. now. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I mean, we're we're about that point where cuz that's the thing. I think that's why she didn't focus on Snape as a defense against the dark arts teacher because you're seeing Snape hover over Draco. So, you have to if you think about it from Draco's point of view, point of view, so he's got these orders from the from the Dark Lord, you have, who was your favorite teacher, literally breathing down your neck. You have suspicion coming at you from your arch enemy. Um, 
so like he's literally put under this pressure and I think that's why there's no point in focusing because you can tell Harry's miserable but Harry's best subject will always be defense against dark arts because you can't do defense against the dark arts without Harry like that is quintessential like here is the dark lord here is Harry like that's the spectrum Mm -hmm. so I think there is no point touching upon that and that potions were supposed to be more interesting because you're in a way, learning more about Snape without realizing you're learning more about Snape through the Half-Blood Prince. And so you're getting to see that. Then the whole, uh, the Slug Club dinner or whatever, Mm -hmm. like, party. The Slug Club only comes up, like, twice. I mean, it's there. It comes up a lot in the beginning until Harry is tasked with getting a memory from Slughorn. Because the whole idea is that, so here's somebody who's been so influential, and it's the quintessential Slytherin, really. Like, that's why he was the head of Slytherin, is because they're ambitious, they're powerful, they're cunning. And that's what Slughorn is. So, every time you see, and you see how Neville doesn't even register on Slug like he originally does. And then Slughorn realizes he wasted his time. Mm-hmm. And how Ginny's piqued his interest strictly on her skill. And how Hermione without Harry knowing it, had already been introduced to Slughorn because he said, you know, here, my best friend is Muggleborn and she's the most clever of our class. Mm -hmm. So you needed the idea that Slughorn, because Dumbledore has his favorite. Harry is Dumbledore's favorite. It's clear as can be. But Slughorn interacts completely different. There's there's a different kind of dynamic with Slughorn's favorites and the people that really take advantage of that I don't, I don't want to say they're better off, but Voldemort got everything he needed to become Voldemort from his connection with Slughorn. So if that was not established, the memory of Slughorn with young Tom literally make no sense. So you had to essentially draw it out until it was no longer useful to us, which is when Slug Club kind of becomes obsolete. Because Harry avoided it for so long, and he got the memory, got everything he needed, and then it was just like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I imagine, but, now, like, you think of it this way, like, we've always compared, like, Voldemort, kind of like the Adolf Hitler and stuff like that throughout, like, his ideals and what he wanted to do and what he wanted to purge of the, what he thought was non-pure bloods. Now, I kind of imagine, like, Slughorn is like that person who denied Hitler in that Austrian art school. Because of like, that one decision process irrevocably changed the world. I could be grasping at straws. No, I actually think that's pretty accurate. And you look at his... And the guilt that person must feel knowing... Knowing that... With hindsight. And you look at... Because Slughorn snubs Draco. And had Draco had somebody... Because maybe he wouldn't have done these desperate things to try and kill Dumbledore. Because essentially, Slughorn's willing to do things with students that he feels comfortable with. That he should never be willing to do. Like, he was like, oh, I want to go steal Venom from the great Aragog. And then, like, he tells Harry about it. He's like, yeah, let's all get drunk. Hmm. Like, with Harry. So, like, there's these weird dynamics that he has. So, you look at how... You're saying you haven't gotten drunk with any of your teachers? No, I wish I would. I had some really cool teachers. But you you have? I was like, you don't even drink. I don't drink, but no, but, like, (laughs) one, like... like, How did you get drunk with your teachers? One of my... Second to last semester, uh, Wednesday class, it was like a three-hour class, and then 
for Wednesday and Thursday nights, there were 50 cent beers at different bars. Mm. And 50 cent beers on Wednesdays were at the shed. And so at the end of that class, uh, my professor would say, like, all right, I'm going to the Raven because no one's going to go there because everybody's going to go to the shed. Who wants to come to the Raven with me? Like, after, like, a half a semester that, like, I was like, I'll go with you. He's like, all right, I'll pick you outside. I'll pick you up outside your, like, dorm. I'm like, okay. So we drove down to the bar with my teacher. And, like, and he, he's getting shit-faced. I'm like, this is weird. I'm just, like, yeah. having, I'm having a drink with my teacher and stuff like that. Nothing hanky-panky happened or anything like that. But it was just, <laughs> it was just, it was just weird. Like, how I am just yeah. chill with my teacher no, and stuff like that. There's a weird blurring of the lines. And that's, you need, there couldn't. So maybe she might have drawn it out a little bit much, too much, but she couldn't have rushed it either because you really had to under, yeah you had to understand that slughorn is essentially because as if Hermione can't find it in the library at Hogwarts it's not in the library at Hogwarts no. so that information though he could have found it elsewhere he found it at the one place that he was the safest so it's it's almost kind of all of that goes back to slughorn opened that door for him right and so you needed to fully understand how slughorn operates now to understand how he operated in this prime and so if i remember remembering this correctly once he learned about the idea of horcruxes voldemort just destroyed any trace of the, any information in them at hogwarts correct or they were never well, there in the first place um his horcruxes weren't supposed to, he probably would have left them in hogwarts had he will been able to no, there's really any books about them or something like that. No, no, it was a forbidden subject. No, it was forbidden, but Dumbledore was the most biggest component of it. Like, uh, because it was the Dumbledore's predecessors did dip it, dip it. Thank yes. you. Um, so he must have convinced, kind of like a McGonagall to Dumbledore, right? Must have convinced Dibbit to get rid of the subject and then strictly upheld it. Um, doesn't, doesn't Hermione, like, Osseo book from Dumbledore's office that has everything to do with Horcruxes in the 7th? No, there was one line. She was able to find one line in the Forbidden section right, that I had thought... it. And what was that? Do you remember that, what that line was? Or Just that the Horcruxes is the a, darkest of magic. Book. I thought she found a book in the 7th one where she's talking like, yeah, this is... I, Maybe, maybe in the seventh, but I don't. It, kind of, it was in the seventh. I jacked this from yeah. Dumbledore's office before we left Hogwarts. Well, it would make sense that they'd be in Dumbledore's office, but like but she's not going to have access to that on the. There's regular. one thing that we one subject or one part of the book, like you saying, like there's no plot. In this one, the pensive memories to old. I'm saying there's no plot. It's just like it, yeah, there's plot. There's good plot in here. It's just there's a lot of filler. The uh, filler, for some I, reason, I just, just like this really flew for me. Like I don't know. I I think five has a lot more filler than this. Well, five is the biggest book too. Yeah, but I'm just saying, it just there's points where you just really like get on with it. And is that like it's not saying like I mean I it's not like she's like higher in her own writing or anything like that. No, I I know that, but it just for me, it's just it's like come yeah. on. I mean, like, one of my favorite parts of this book is going back into seeing old memories of Voldemort and seeing where and Voldemort's lineage comes from. I'm not saying I don't like that part. Those I, are, I, 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 I know. I'm those are, like, the interesting parts. I'm moving past that. Children, let's not... It's just... 
And, okay, just make it a thing. I'm not, I'm the not, me- the memories not. are very interesting. Then talk about them. This, uh, the memories are very interesting. The 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 murder attempts are very interesting. Um, the final, like going after the Horcruxes, very interesting. The attack on Hogwarts, very interesting. It's the day to day plot of Hermione and uh, and Ron, Harry and Ginny, and just everything else petty that goes on. That's what I don't like about this book. Okay. You but, made, it, made, it, made it clear. Yes. No. I found the one line. That please please don't slap the mic. Because it's like, move the stand. Please. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, so Hermione was like freaking out because one, she had never heard of them. So then after, she said she checked every book in the restrictions section. And even in the most horrible books, where they tell you all like the most gruesome stuff. Um, she's like, all I could find was this in the introduction to magic most at evil, which is very not subtle. Mm-hmm. Listen, of the Horcrux wickedest of magical inventions, we shall not speak nor give direction. And she goes, I mean, why mention it then? <laughs> which is and that's all she could find. Right. This. So yeah, that was the one line. But if we go, so the first memory we see is is um. When the ministry official is going to uh, the little, the gaunt, yes. the little house of gaunt. Um, and there's a snake nailed to the door. Like, nothing says Slytherin like snakes. And- yeah, and, and like, <laughs> just, just snakes here, snakes there, snakes everywhere. Just My like, favorite. Of course. Um, and then we, we, uh, I forget the business that he's going there for. That oh, that, oh, um, the because magic being performed on Muggles. Yes, yes, because he jinxed uh, he jinxed Riddle. Yep. In front of like many other witnesses. Yes. And we're saying that a gone have to go away and have to be tried and everything. And then Marvolo was like, "No, it not should be tried. You know who we are. Do you know what our lineage is?" And the, despite how backward and hillbilly that lineage has become, mm-hmm. he still clings to it. Especially that ring that he holds yeah. so dear to him, and the right? Locket. And the locket, and eventually they they come for gone by force at that point, and then take him away and try him for it, and yeah, he goes to Azkaban for a good long time too. Yeah. Oh wait, you skipped. <laughs> you like skipped a lot of steps. There. I know, I know, because I <laughs> yeah, so, well, and you meet Marop. How do you say Marop? Oh. Is that how you say her name? Oh. Mar- Mar- well, Ooh. I said it was a, as Marat, but we all know that I make up words. So, um, but you meet her and you see how god awful her father is, and how she's like infatuated with the beautiful stranger that lives at the big house at the hill, and her dad just berates and bullies. Like she has a very similar upbringing, essentially to Harry. Like uh, she's made to literally clean and cook, and mm. not supposed to exist otherwise. And um, so then they. While that's all happening, you have Marvel who gets taken away because they come back with reinforcements, and then the brother also gets taken away for his original crimes, and so she's finally free and goes and, like, gets to just create the love potion, and it actually gets to, like, do her magic, which was previously repressed because of how awful... They yeah. were to her. Um, like, Very Cinderella-like now thinking about it. Yeah, and I can't, like, even, like, he's, like, essentially choking her to show the necklace to, and, like, you know what I find interesting is that he doesn't actually really like her, but he lets her hold 
like Slytherins, Locket. Yeah, like why would you put that on your daughter? Why not your son? Because you obviously like him better, even though he's way yeah, he's less. Yeah, he's he, very uh, underdeveloped. He is very hindered and stunted and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, maybe it's, maybe it's almost like a weird psychological power thing. Like, like I, I am that. Merope. 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 That's a dumb. I would have said Merope. Merope is what but I thought. Merope. That like he has so much confidence and control over her that he could put this thing that's so valuable on her, thinking and, that it would nothing would ever. Yeah. Because she knows how important this thing is to him, so I'll never mess anything up or ruin mm-hmm. it or anything like that. And so she begins her affair with Tom Riddle under love potion. Yeah. Which we get a lot of love potion up in this book. Yes, a lot of love So potion. much love potion. Um, and then they... And the question is, like, that she feels like she she convinces herself that she does not need the potion, that yeah. their feelings that they have is genuine, and stops giving Riddle the potion. And eventually, he comes to his senses and leaves her. While she's pregnant. Yeah. Then everybody says she lied, that she wasn't pregnant with, her, with uh, his baby, because it caused quite a scandal. Of course. And, small uh, town. Yeah. So, they were like, oh, she lied to try and keep him around. And so, poor, like penniless Merope with her one valuable like family heirloom gets essentially like cheated yeah from, which is very funny that uh Voldemort never saw revenge against Burke like he actually just ended up in working there like don't you think he would have sought revenge even though he despised his mother for not using magic to survive mm. um because after so you know, when she's heartbroken and things like that, like, she's not using magic. She's just literally living on the streets, mm-hmm. um, gives birth at an orphanage, and then subsequently died in childbirth. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he ever really forgives her for that, but you would think when he cheated her out of the value of that, he would have, like, came back and got him. Yeah. Which is very interesting, which I never really thought about before. But the boy doesn't he doesn't he go back? He doesn't kill him. He just he just takes what he wants. So rather than give like a Hufflepuff's cup, mm-hmm. Helga's cup, instead of giving that to him, and when he's able to get the locket from the rich lady, mm-hmm. he just takes those and then he leaves the job. Like he doesn't kill them. By the way, I just found it. Secrets of the Darkest Art has the information about Horcruxes. And that's the seventh book. That's the seventh book. Hermione Osio. Horcrux book, mm. and it flew out of Dumbledore's so office. Think done that earlier. You would think, but all right, your feelings on all these memories that's going on right here because you haven't really spoken about this. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Was no, no, no. You were doing. You were doing your due diligence. Your, exactly. Okay. No, but with the memories, I thought they were really interesting. It was really cool to see how what formed Voldemort into the way he into what how he was like who he was that di- today. Like, going back to the Gaunt uh, house was disgusting. Mm. Like, you really felt, like, gross. Yeah, it's, like, vividly described. Yeah, you felt really, like, you did not want to be that uh, Ministry of Magic agent going there to, like, pretty much take him. A, it's a hike. Because he, he's like a mile away or yeah, something. Yeah, he like couldn't it. apparate right to the door. No. Like, Why couldn't you? Because it's rude, Harry. Duh. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, just doing that, it just was one of those like, wow, this is gross. And then 
And you feel and so much ha- and so much hostility that he's giving for him just doing his job. Yeah, and then the threat of violence is going to happen. Like, all right, I but, really got to. But there's people like that everywhere. It's like, do you know who I am, or do you know where I come from? Yeah, like where they feel entitled, even though it's like doesn't matter. You still broke the law, jackass. Yeah, uh, but that was that was really interesting. But you got to see the locket. You really got to see the locket, and yeah. you also got to see the, uh, the ring. Yes, which Harry then connected. That wasn't that. On your hand? On your hand? And that's why your hand's all gangly yeah. now? Another time, Harry, another time. But then, like, Dumbledore's first interaction with Tom Riddle in the Gorfinage. Which was amazing! Yes. Oh, it was so intimidating because you could just see Tom Riddle in this big, empty room with, like, a single bed and Dumbledore sitting there. And just, like, the tension. There's that unspoken tension there. Like, like you know you'd be able to do something. And, like, he's already taken those kids to the cave at that point, right? Yeah. And this is, and that's the cave we see at the end of this book. Mm-hmm. And that's how, that's when, that's how Dumbledore knew to go there because they, they already brought up the fact that it was very different. And doesn't, uh, I, 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 step, I know this happens in the movie, I don't know if that happens in the book, doesn't he set, like... Dumbledore sets fire to a cupboard yes. to show his his power, and right. then it extinguishes it instantly without doing any damage. Yeah, which scares the hell out of Tom Riddle, but he's also amazed and like, "How'd you do that?" And it's the exact sign. It's the exact kind of amazement and wonderment that Harry had. Yeah, in the first book. That's the scary part about it is that yeah, they had so. Much however, energy. Harry fell in love with Hagrid's magic instead of. Uh, a wardrobe being set on fire. Yeah. And Harry's Harry's magic was a lot less developed when he discovered that, whereas Tom had already had quite a bit of control mm-hmm. and already kind of uh, exuded all the Slytherin-like qualities. Um, and then he also had the self... Like, Harry was self-sufficient, too, but in kind of, like, a desperate, like, lonely way, whereas Tom was, like, self-sufficient in almost, like, a scary way. Like, it, and it really jarred Dumbledore that, like, this 11-year-old had no uh, no Qualms. need for him. Like, yeah. he was just like, no, like, I'm going to go to the store by myself. Like, yeah, why would you come? I mean, I not having parents and, like, kind of, like, growing up, yeah. like, being like that, I presume it's... Chopping I mean, him up in a weird way. Would you kind of say that Voldemort's kind of like a sociopath? Yes, at this yeah. point, zero, yeah. Especially, zero emotions. Especially, like 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 I mentioned, like what he did to those kids and like how he spooked them and everything like that. Taking the kind of enjoyment out of that, mm-hmm. the hurting of others, should have been a red flag for him, despite the fact... I mean, Dumbledore what, knew. I mean, you could kind of tell, like, he was really, like, kind of stern with, with Tom and just how, like, something's... Like, Dumbledore... Like yes, this guy, this kid needs like to be like, maybe he just needs direction. Maybe he has like a chance, like, do we have a chance to turn around? But something's wrong here. Yeah, he knew that. So it was just very. And, and like, I don't think you could say it's like don't lose Huber saying that I can change him and I can make him better. I don't think it's him saying like I can do it. It was just he needs some. He needs the he right direction. Needs Hogwarts to make him a better person. Right, but. Because right now, if he continues down this road, it's not going to be pretty. No. It's almost like... You think of Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody brought up, I think it was in one of the commentary tracks, where somebody, I think Paul Dini brought up the fact that, like, if I don't take in Dick Grayson, this guy could become a problem later down the road. Right. As a criminal. That makes sense. And something that he may have to deal with. So, let me 
circumvent that and bring him into my world instead. Mm-hmm. It's almost the kind of thing that it almost seemed like Dumbledore wanted to do that with Tom and make sure he would not become a threat to him or anybody else around him, hoping for the best right. because because Dumbledore looks for the best in everybody, including Draco. Well, he was very moment. stern with him. It's like one, you can't do this. You can't do what you've been doing. Two. You're not going to steal treasures, which is a very important fact because, like, how, like, pretty much every time Voldemort did something, he had, like, a little token of what he did. To, yes. As, like a, like, a trophy. It's like, you're going to return all your trophies because that's wrong. Mm. And if you ever do this in Hogwarts, we're going to have issues. Yeah. Yeah. He set the ground rules. Yeah, he... Just, he set the rules because it's not, like, older Voldemort could care less about rules. But young Voldemort had no problem operating within the rules. He saw the rules as guidelines, and then he operated within them. And that helped him kind of succeed in his path. Whereas, and so it wasn't so much, that was the first time anybody's ever told him that, because he's living in an orphanage, he's got, you know, there's kids everywhere. They obviously can't keep track of kids if he was able to bring them to a freaking cliff. Yeah. Like, down a cliff. And It was the 1940s. It's true. Yeah, that's the timeline how it's going, yeah. Now, you brought up a very good fact that Harry was, I want to say, like, I'm going to make funny, like, bewitched by Hagrid's kind of magic and Dumbledore's magic that he showed Tom. Do you think that kind of had an odd negative effect on him by the first inclination of, like, seeing how somebody can control the magic and he made fire? And he showed a thing that could be destructive. Well, because when Hagrid, Hagrid first did magic in front of Harry, it was kind of like fun and like, that's cute. Yeah. That's kind of fun. I can get behind that. Dumbledore showed, one, ext- how easy it is to destroy something. Yeah. And how quickly he can control it by, like, here's something that will destroy anything. But look, no damages to that. That's mastery of, like, control. Mm. That's, for Tom, for Tom Riddle, wouldn't you want that mastery of control to, like, I can I can set you on fire but not do any damage. But you know I don't have to. I yeah. don't have to. I don't have to protect you from it. Right. Like, when, that's, that's horrifying. Yeah. And it's weird I, because th- while you're saying that, I'm thinking of. But I think at, for Dumbledore, it wasn't like thinking like, okay, I think it was like, let me scare the living shit out of this kid to get the point across. I think he kind of realized that there was great power there. I think he realized right off Is the Is that bat, why he went there himself? Yeah. Like, I don't think they just sent, you know, because they could have sent him a letter. Like, Muggleborns get letters all the time. Yeah. So. so they, didn't they mention that someone goes to explain it from. Um, no, I don't really. Didn't really get just a letter? Lily just got a letter, I yeah, think. Yeah, Lily just got a letter, I, I think. I just wanted that someone goes visit you. Yeah, because I why didn't Harry get an invite, in-person invite? Yeah, no, he because got the letter. his uncle knew that he was a wizard. Right. No, 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 but Harry, the whole reason that they go to the island where Hagrid has to go get him is because the, he didn't respond to all the letters. Yeah, they write a letter first. They definitely just write you a letter. No, because I swear... Yeah, because I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Hermione got a letter. Yeah. I swore I read Be- something where someone had... I don't know where to find it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll have to... I that's mean, if anything, that's going to be in the next it, one. Yeah, we'll have to fact check and come back to that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 95% sure that he only went to go because it was a special, special case. In the words of Clue, and I was like, you had a letter, and you had a letter, and you had a letter, and you had a letter. Anyway. Um, 
It's funny that you're saying that because, like, I have this, I could have his power, but I don't use it. It's ironic because Ray Fiennes, who plays Voldemort in the Harry Potter movies, also played um, Gomez in, uh, in Schindler's List. And one of the things that Liam Neeson tries to impart onto his character is like, yeah, you could kill whatever Jewish person get out of line, but wasn't it show true power if you pardon them? They're like, I could do this and not do it. I could do this, but I'm not going to mm-hmm. because I have that much power. It's just finally kind of funny that both those kind of characters were played by Ray Fiennes at one point. Oh, yeah, but, uh, it's it's just a weird coincidence thing with my mind, my ADD mind putting them together. That's and, okay. and one of the last um, memories is when the Horcruxes come to come about once they get the idea from Slughorn, and then we realize how many Horcruxes are out there. Yeah, which is. Because one is powerful enough and is destructive enough to one's soul, and since there's so many, number seven, like a like number, number seven lock, is the most powerful magical number in the. Yeah, so he does it seven times, and then it's when they discover, all right, that Tom Riddle's uh, diary was one, Ding. the ring, Ding. another, another part of his in Dumbledore himself. Um, Dumbledore himself? I mean, uh, Voldemort himself. Excuse me. Harry? Um, ha- well, we don't know that. But he is one. Yes. Uh, um, which is the a snake. Right. The cup. The cup. Which we do not know yet. The locket, which we have to find, which was what they kind of figured. R-A-B. Figure. We've actually already seen. We've actually already seen the locket, but he doesn't realize it until later. Oh, um, also in, to interrupt, um, according to Harry Wiki, it says that they they do they come and explain it, but I don't remember that ever. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I and they the source is Deathly Hollows. It doesn't so it, it doesn't say that. Was it in the conversation between maybe it was Tom and Dumbledore? Like, oh, like these do this to everyone? But yeah, so um oh sorry, what were I was looking Wait, that Deathly up? Hollows, so. you said? It says Deathly Hollows in in the wiki. I have no idea where we get that. Which yeah. would be probably the um because that's when he finds out Snape and Lily's history, right? So that's probably how you figure out that that's the whole Lily Petunia, right? Because it says yeah, when their Hogwarts acceptance letters are delivered in person by a member of staff instead of owl per- post. The purpose is to reassure the parents or guardians about the sudden news and explain to them. Um, and one of my favorite a... memories that we kind of go into is young adult Tom Riddle coming back to Hogwarts to teach. Who looks drastically different yes. than what he does when we see him, one, in the memories, but even just in Chamber of Secrets when yeah, we saw it projected. Because he's used so much dark magic and it's already mm-hmm. trying to change his uh, physiology at this point. Your feelings on that memory specifically. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Because it was one of those, like, oh, crap. You just feel, it was another one where it's like, there's this unspoken, like, there's no tension. There's tension there. Because it's like... Because he even calls out, like, you're not here because you really want this because you have your Death Eaters down at the hog's head at this point. And, like, there was something, like, you are doing something weird, Tom. I don't, I don't want you to keep – I don't want, I want you to stop doing that, but – and I believe in you, mm-hmm. but I can't give you this job. Yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, I don't think you want this job, but I do. I'm asking for a job. 
I don't believe that you want to actually teach it. And you just kind of feel like Dumbledore is pretty much saying, like, I kind of know what you're up to, and I'm not going to let, and I don't want, I don't want that anywhere near here. Yeah. And what was the actual reason why Tom wanted the job? He wanted to teach defense against dark arts. He wanted because he was a, at that time he traveled the world. He saw lots of things, and he thinks he could pass on his knowledge to the next generation. And he Presumably found, to build his army. Yeah. He's talented enough. I mean, there's nobody can deny how talented he is. Yeah. And having him as a teacher would, one, be horrifying, but two, would actually be probably incredible because of the amount of knowledge that he could share. Yeah, the thing is, would it just be incredibly difficult off the bat? Mm-hmm. You think he, he would not? Oh, he wouldn't waste time. He would just like, okay, we're gonna start with Christmas. Yeah, yeah, and and even young Tom has like a very like he was very selective of who he so he wouldn't be good as a teacher because as much as yeah he he'd not even like to the Slughorn extent but he wouldn't want people in his class like how are you supposed to teach an entire subject when you don't want to teach Muggleborns you don't want to teach yeah so. Oh, and it also, uh, it was in the memory of uh, Lillian Snape okay. that he mentions it. Mm. Now, all this with the Horcrux is building up to one of the biggest, one of the biggest high points of this book is when Dumbledore brings Harry to destroy one of these Horcruxes, and just the setting the scene and like. I think it's one of the best film scenes when it comes to the adaptation. Yes. I think I it's agree. one of the best I, things. I, I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, I know. Uh, like, please see it before we do the Spoiler alert. No. <laughs> but, like, it is pitch perfect in the adaptation. And yeah. it's been, like, it's almost weird when I read this. I'm like, I kind of can't help but see the adaptation in my head yeah. because they've done so well that even at one point where it's late at night, near the end of the year. Harry meets uh, Dumbledore in the top of one of the towers, runs into Snape, who just had a conversation with Dumbledore, leaves him without saying a word. And he's like, all right, we have to apparate. But, Professor, we can't apparate out of school. We can't apparate on Hogwarts grounds. Well, when you're me, you get to do – you have certain perks. They apparate to the cave, but we, we were mentioned earlier, where that Dumbledore did – that Voldemort did some weird shit to young kids while he's in the orphanage. That's where he is stored away the locket. They have to take a small little Slytherin-esque boat across this water. Like, pretty much, it's, like, it's almost like the River Styx at this point. Yeah. You're going to see the ferry. It's very it. much the River Styx. And we have set up earlier what creatures are there. Because they mentioned in passing yeah, the, the theory. Uh, Is that how you pronounce it? How do you pronounce it? Uh, that's how I think uh, you pronounce it. I thought it was the Imperial. Uh, I, I called it the Inferi. That's what I thought. And that's why I said, like, okay. in theory. Yeah, I know. We all, like, look <laughs> like, at each other. Like, like, pronunciation skills. not key. Yeah, and... In that Harry has to defend Dumbledore, who is now poisoning himself to get the locket out of it, and amidst the time in the Inferior is being attacked. And one of the greatest moments is when Dumbledore, like, one of his last sounds of strength, sets fire and pretty much builds a uh, ring of fire around them. Johnny yeah. Cash would be proud. I mean... Yeah, and Dumbledore eventually, we had to see him and look at his weakest physical point because he's crying and he's begging Harry. Yeah, because he was already weak, and then he starts drinking this potion. And, like, he he warns Harry, like, I'm going to 
beg you not tell me not to do this, but you have to be strong and do this for me. And you always imagine like someone going through withdrawal or something like that. And like, just begging, like, don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And you have to be that strong person to tough love and have to do this. Your feelings on this scene specifically. I loved it. Yeah. Set the tone right away when you arrive at night and it's like storming. And then to get into the inner layers, it's like, Okay, well, here's the door. How do you open up? And you spend time there, and there's like, so simple, so archaic, though. It's like, oh, needs a blood token. A what? You have to smear blood on on the wall to get get in. And it's like, what the fuck? Because Tom has the flair for the dramatic. Yeah, it was like, okay, so Dumbledore cut his hand to open. It's like, oh my god, this is not going to end well. And then you get into speak, friend. And, and enter. <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, there's so many like actual Lord of the Rings moments where you're thinking, like thinking, like, um, this is only like the entrance mines to mine Moria, mines right? Moria, but then mixed with the, the swamp in uh, the second movie. I, I wasn't even thinking that. I'm thinking like um, where you know you're walking through with all the faces in the water. And, yes, and even um, the riddle between uh, uh, Bilbo and Gollum, because in the book. Gollum's in his boat the yeah. entire time, mm-hmm. and he, he approaches more and more. And every time, like t- when Bilbo would correct it, he would that Gollum would kind of paddle away because that was the agreement they uh, uh, agreed to. Right, but go but, on. No, it set the mood where it's like something's not good here, no, not it, good here at all. And when you get in there, it's just this dark, dark lake, and there's like that pillar in the middle, and it's like, okay. It's like, how do we get there? Mm, we'll figure that out. It's like, can't we just summon it? It's too simple. Too way too simple, but worth a try. Mm. Osseo Horcrux. Nothing happens, but there's... <laughs> what the, like, there's a huge splash in the water. It's like, what was that? Mm. What was that? <laughs> what, what is that? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, it's Ben Gardner's boat. <laughs> <laughs> Bowser's head just pops up to the water, missing the eyeball. There was a shark tooth the size of a shot glass in the boat. <laughs> I pulled out of there. <laughs> and do you still have this Horcrux? No, no, I, I dropped no, it. I dropped it. But no, it was just this whole building scene, and then it's like looking into the water, and Harry's like, there's dead people. There's dead people down there. He's like, yeah. yep, yep, there's dead people. It's like Dumbledore's like, I knew all this stuff going in. Or he's acting like he knew he, all this stuff going in. And he's just not letting, he's just not letting Harry see, see him sweat. Let, yeah, because how would you, like, the person who looks up to you the most who's, like, freaking out. Like, I need to be the, the, I need to be, be the, the rational ro- person here. Yeah. I need to be the rock here. Otherwise, this, this, we're, this. We're totally screwed. But, no, I mean, Dumbledore could be scared to hell, but Harry he would never. He probably is scared. Yeah, but Harry would never have known that. Yeah. But then the tension, okay, and then you're, okay, so then the whole drinking of the potion, and you're reading it, and you're really like, what, no, oh my god. Please stop. You're like, this is, like, it's rough to read, but that makes it so perfect. And eventually they, he does finish it, and they were able to get the locket. Yeah, and he's asking for water, and he can't make water. So Harry goes to the lake surrounding him to fill up a cup of water to give to Dumbledore. And that's and then a fury attack. Yeah. And it's like, oh, sh- no, 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 no. Then Dumbledore summons the last of the strength to create a fireball. 
and just like, oh my god, get the fuck out of there, go! Just imagine what um, Coachella just probably feels like sometimes, just like, oh my god, this is just amazing, but it's terrifying at the same time. Wait, what? Coachella's festival out uh, on the West Coast. Oh, okay. Mm. Just drop acid to see all the colors. Like, oh my god, this is great, <laughs> but a bad idea. Tripping balls, bro. <laughs> And Nikki, your feelings on this chapter? No, I agree. It's it's literally the setup is just so so good, and like you know that it's dangerous. You know right off the bat that it's going to be dangerous, and then just as it's going through, like you're with there, you're you have the same desperation Harry does because you're watching Dumbledore, who I know I idolize, just literally crumble, and then you're thinking about how weak he already was. To how weak he already made himself, it's like, oh my god, what are they going back to? Because that was Harry's biggest fear. He's like, I'm afraid that when we leave, something's going to go down. And as we said before, Harry was right about a lot of these things. He just had awful timing with it. So it's like you watch all this and you're literally waiting for... What's gonna happen next? They, they they return to Hogwarts and it's Die Hard that's happening going on right there. Yeah, there's your Die Hard. Nah. <laughs> Shit down. <laughs> Who tips them off? Freaking hot barmaid that Ron had a crush on. Everybody had a yeah, crush on. Madame Rosamorta. Which she has to be like 50 or 60 years old, technically, if you're reading it. What makes you say that? She was a hot barmaid back when James and the gang were going there. Yeah, but that means that she could be like five years older than them. Yeah, but then... She just... Then, be, she's uh, like... What's the legal then, serving okay. age in England? 18. 18. Is it 18? Because they can drink before 18. They were drinking roughly around 17 years old. Yeah, so I like... So I'd have 18. to imagine if you can drink at 17, you could probably serve alcohol a lot younger. So if she was like behind the bar at 20... So now she'd be in her thirties, like, yeah. Which is age, still. If you're the drinking age in the UK is eighteen, young people age sixteen or seventeen can drink beer, wine, or cider with a meal if it is brought by an adult or, and or they're accompanied by an adult. adult. It's easier to. But it's, it's easy to see an R-rated movie. I mean, it's easy to drink there. You see an R-rated movie here. Yeah. Um. So they. Summon brooms to ride back to... (laughs) Hold on. Like, Harry, Hogwarts is under attack. Lone Ranger theme as they come riding into uh, Hogwarts. Now I just imagine it should have the Lone Ranger theme under there. I think I'm going to take scenes from this movie and just put music... I am definitely taking... The assault on Hogwarts from this movie and putting the diehard soundtrack underneath <laughs> there. I, I, I made I made a decision to do that while we're doing this. Oh god! So they arrive back at Hogwarts, back to where they apparated from originally, at the top of the tower. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore freezes Harry in his place underneath his invisibility cloak. I'm sorry, but a tower, Rapunzel, oh, Rapunzel. Rapunzel. Yeah, puts him on. He yeah. And the whole time, the, the, the whole time, the Drake, what Draco's been doing is trying to f- create a two-way cabinet between a cabinet that's in Borgens and Burks. Oh, I totally fucked up that name. Two Hogwarts right there. And a secret passage right there through breaking the magic and everything like that. So Death Eaters come through and cause hell at Hogwarts. 
is all to kill Dumbledore, and that's what Draco's mission has been the entire time. Kill Dumbledore. Dumbledore. With Dr- the expectation, and Voldemort's expectations, which we kind of find out, is that he's going to fail. Yes. He, uh, Voldemort had zero expectations of Draco's actually succeeding. And if, and if he succeeded? Oh, I was oh. wrong. There you go. You your father. In, Here's your cookie. Yeah, yeah. You're, 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 you're a better man than your father is, that's for sure. But proving that he is his father's son, he can't go through with it. And Snape steps to the plate, and it's like, Severus, please. Avada Kavar! Kaboom! Executes Dumbledore, flying off the tower, kasplat. He fell funny. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, a little line from Departed. Right there. Jeez, she fell funny. (laughs) Francis, you really should see somebody. All right, Nikki, your feelings on the the assassination of Dumbledore? Well, that's, I mean, I never liked Snape. I don't think he redeems himself in the later books, but, like, this kind of, like, cemented it because I will always adore Dumbledore. And I know that, obviously, Dumbledore put him up to it, and there's this whole big, you know, thing between them. And he obviously did make this unbreakable vow, but there's nothing, I think, more devastating for Harry than to be stuck there. Not able to move, not able to help, not able to do anything because, as we know, Harry would literally take a bullet for anyone he cares about. Sometimes people he doesn't truly even care about. And so he's literally powerless. And that's just so traumatic. Like, I know when I first read this, like, I cried so hard. Like, I was just, like, bawling. And it was just like, you knew eventually Dumbledore would have to, because... It's like that hero's journey. And yeah, like you the have death of the mentor. But I don't know. I just I don't like because Dumbledore is so insistent of stressing Snape, and then here you go. Like Harry's two biggest foes, other than Voldemort, are just there and are culprits in it. And so he has no idea if his friends are safe. He has no idea from the Order who's fighting who. Like he has no idea because he's just watching his idol. Be murdered. Yeah. Well, I mean, it also, for me, one of the more important things is that Dumbledore, uh, Draco had Dumbledore at one point. Put it, put it down. And he's like, I, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. He's like, then why are you talking to me? Yeah. He's like, dude, you're not, you're not, you really are not a bad person. Yeah. And Dumbledore's kind of like, listen. Put it down. Put on the wand. We can figure this all out. I'm not. You're not in trouble. I know what you're under. What? Yeah. The pressures, but you know, it was just one of those like Draco. You really find out that Draco is not that bad. Not, not as horrible as he initially thought he was. He's still yeah. a bad person. It's just not. He's not a killer. No. He's not a killer. He's not that horrible. And Harry even says he's like he saw his wand starting to go down. He's like. It's not, like, it was, like, almost pity. Like, he realized how bad of a position that Draco really was in. And, um, and Harry, realistically, if it was, like, oh, I have to protect Ron or Hermione, would go to kill somebody, too. Like, it's just a different kind of, um, dynamic. Mm -hmm. I said dynamic, like, 18 times, but it works. (laughs) The brief interactions between Harry and Draco in the seventh book even kind of reflect the fact that Harry knows that 
Draco isn't as bad as he initially thought he was. That's why during the epilogue they kind of have that moment. And yeah, sure, that, we have that mo- we have our problems with that, but it's even further expanded by in the Cursed Child. I know you haven't read it, but that relationship is still strained because of what happens. But they are willing to be able to put their decisions, their experiences aside for the for the greater good in that book. The greater good. The greater good. Be, and it's all based, like you said, based upon this moment. It's kind of a turning point in their relationship at that mm-hmm. point. It doesn't become... Even though Malfoy doesn't exactly know that he... No, it's not, like, it's not like he's consciously aware, like, oh, I can be friends with Harry now. Yeah, so but like just... Yeah. yeah. No, but it was a great scene, and obviously when Snape kills Dumbledore, you're just kind of, like, speechless, and you're kind of like, oh, my God. But the emotional impact didn't hit me until Hagrid. Yeah, that's that was just like, and they set fire to Hagrid's hut. Mm. Bellatrix does that. Yeah, but and they they escape. Yeah, Hagrid and Harry do extinguish it. Yeah, it's still on fire, but they do extinguish it. And Snape and like Harry tries to kill Snape, and like and Snape and Snape is just like, boom, 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 like really, like really. You really, you're really gonna try using my spell on me? It's like what? Yeah, at least they're. In the book, uh, more so than the movie, there is a little bit more of the, like, taunt that he knows that Harry has it. Because in the movie, it's kind of like, I'm the Half-Blood Prince, bye! Yeah. Or at least here, it's like, you're going to use my spells against me. Like, that's my book. You're using my spells. At least there There's was, no like, way you little... would have been able to succeed in Slughorn's class like that yeah. without this help. And it's like... As well as using that curse on Drago it... before. And too, like... Harry's never used a killing curse. Harry's never had to. Like, Harry's signature is a disarming. Yeah. He did kind of curse Yeah, he used a unfavorable yeah, curse. No, he did not, not the... Killing. Yeah, like, Avada Kedavra is not Harry's go-to, and it would it's, never it's ever just, be. It's just so weird right. that Abracadabra is so, so close, so close. to... Abracadabra is so close to Avada Kedavra. Yeah. Well, I think she did that on purpose. Yeah. I think it's the kind of poke fun at the magic. Yeah. You know, the, the pre-existing wonder, magic that lore. really fun. Is that a funny idea for uh, sketch comedy now? Okay. What's that one thing like what? Avada Kedavra? No! Oh! Oh, God. Oh. Oh, my God. We killed him. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he left us. Did they ever make a joke about Abracadabra in the book? In Harry I don't think so. I don't think, they, I don't think it got that meta. Okay. Despite like how many muggle things it kind of brought up there, I don't think they ever did that. So, but like Thieves in the Night, the Death Eaters escape. Mm-hmm. Like the Fiat Colony disappeared, like guerrilla warfare, yeah, gone. Ran all the way back to the gates of Hogwarts to operate out. Of yeah. And then the whole school, after coming out after the battle was over, finding Dumbledore now dead on the grounds like that and everybody raising their wand and it's like oof ran the fields yeah just ran the fields I'm just thinking about it just like oh god just imagine like just to alleviate or make a light of it it's like there's how in the movie when it shows like all the close of the wands they're like raising and stuff like that I just want to cut in like Picture of like JFK Jr. just like saluting it there, just to make it really, just to make it like oh. You cut in the Hunger Games, like them raising. Oh yeah, fingers. exactly. It's like oh. It is like oh, that's a tear joker. Yeah, and then Ugh. and then in the book, where it's not really, we have the big funeral where everybody who's anybody shows up at Dumbledore's funeral. Yeah, it like all kinds of walks of life, like you have the including centaurs. including the centaurs who. 
don't want anything to do with Umbridge. Umbridge. Umbridge, who should never have showed that. Like that is the ultimate disrespect. Like I don't even know why you're like allowed to operate mm. after the shit you pulled last year. Yeah. How come, out of all the sh- horrible stuff that went down, how come she still has a job? That's blame it on Fudge. You were gang raped by centaurs. I think we should we should break <laughs> off a little bit for you. You, you, you. Your punishment has been served. They, they bring it like Dumbledore brings it up to uh, Slughorn because he's like, I hear what happens with teachers. He's like, even you know not to go in calling them like filthy half breeds. Yeah, like, that's what she did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> okay. And then there was an exchange between. Minister of Magic and Harry that gets rather heated. I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember that correctly. That yeah. it gets because was that first, again, this is the second time he's had a heated that was conversation. Yeah, before with. after the funeral. After the funeral. After which, talk about bad timing. Like, how did he think that was going to go over when last time they talked? Harry said he's Dumbledore's man through and through. You really think after his death that's going to change? Maybe he hoped that maybe he saw a new light. Now Dumbledore's dead, that maybe he turned up a new leaf. Not saying like he was betraying the trust of anything like that, but look at what your trust has gotten you. Yeah. The two of you guys went off by yourself and end up in a situation where Dumbledore died. Maybe he felt guilty and he could play on that guilt and kind of yeah. say like, oh, you want to help? he just like Fudge underestimate. The loyalty of Yeah, and of they Harry. just estimate Harry, I think. I think a lot of it, they see him as a child. And I think Dumbledore uses it, but in regards to Voldemort, he says, like, uh, age is foolish when it underestimates youth. Yeah. And, which is one of those great lines that Dumbledore has mm-hmm. in this book. But, um, and that's, I truly think that that was, like, Ruffus's, like, downfall. And, but I think it's, it's that moment, that's why when we find out he dies next book, he doesn't say anything. Yeah. I think it's because that determination, that level of care and appreciation hands for Dumbledore, that's why he doesn't give give up any information on Harry when he disappears in the next book. Yeah. And, 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 like, even, like, Harry, like, once he dies, he kind of, like, feels kind of crappy about, like, the attitude he gave him because, like, he, yeah, sure, he was... And he's under fire, so, like, you kind of get it. Like, everybody needs this reassurance, and his head is locked in on Harry being that, like, you're the chosen one. Everybody will feel a lot better if you say this is good. But at the same time, like, you should really be like, we owe you a big apology. We should, like, be bending over backwards. And then maybe after we've done that, then we can come to you and ask for help. Mm -hmm. And it's not that Harry was not being unreasonable saying, like, the first time, let go of Stan. Like, Stan's literally just an idiot who... Got caught up with the wrong thing. Yeah, who was saying the wrong things, but it was not... Like, you know he's not a Death Eater because Voldemort wouldn't take him. And so... Yeah, he he would. said, like, let him... Let him go. And then, so Rufus is just like, no, we didn't do that yet. And Harry's like, so why would I change my mind? Like, the one thing I asked. Right. Yeah, and then he also showed off the scars on his hand. I, mean, so. I could see that as somebody getting a tattoo like that on their hand. Really? I have a scar. Of course I told him. Okay. Point. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, no, it's just. But it turns out that Harry was wrong. That Stan is. He, was he? I thought he was under the Imperius course. Yeah, was he under the Imperius? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's like, like I reread yeah, uh, yeah, Deathly Hallows. Of all the people. Deathly Hallows is my least read one. So. Of all the people who get. Why, why Stan under the Imperius curse? 
Just why? Cannon fodder. Oi, that's Voldemort. <laughs> hey, I know now I can I say I know Voldemort. He, he's, he's like... He's, tell, oh, us about this. <sighs> he's the first person in No Man's Land to go at World War One. Like, all right, let's have him go over the hill first. Is there a landmine over there? Hey, Stan, check that out. Okay. Yep. Not anymore. <laughs> um, no. Your feelings on, like, the, the funeral and everything like oh, that. Oh, it was great. And the, so big, the big, And the big, like, kind of, like, white, like, giant slab of, like. I mean, why, I would totally, I totally see that. The whole and Gorp showing up with Hagrid and everything like that. And yeah, which was one of those un- under well, then again, ha- Hagrid wasn't really a big part of this book because they weren't in care of magical creatures anymore. But just how Gorp was just be- now being trained to be more human. Yeah, and kind of pretty much have to kind of care for Hagrid dealing with this right now. Yeah, there you can see they're they're actually brothers. Yeah, but um, no, it was very touching. I mean, Mermaids singing their song and even the. Set- Santar's coming out with the arrows to send Fox. off. With song with mm. Fox oh, that was probably the most depressing. When Fox leaves, it's just like, oh no! Yeah. It he it's like he really is gone. Holy shit! Oh my god! He left us. He left us. No, it's no very oh, no. serious. I like, know. like, like, yeah, shit's just not real. And obviously, obviously, Harry to have to take them over. It's like Ginny, I'm done. Yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm yeah, it's like oh, you're dumping her at the funeral. Yeah. I mean, he, and he does the typical superhero. We can't be together. We can't be together because you'll just be a target. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. you look at how many like Ginny knew it was coming though. Yeah, he had it. Yeah, I mean, like you look at the end of the first Spider-Man. Like so many times in the fucking CW. Like I love just the fact every that superhero, every, just every superhero. every superhero has done that. Yeah, even even Clark Kent with his bogus glasses. Yes. Goodbye. Yeah, and like, and it's like you always know, like, oh, they're gonna end up together. She's gonna be in the crossfire regardless because of this, because of just how, being a friend of yours. Mm-hmm. All right, and then it sets off with like, all right, I'm not coming back for the next uh, next year. I'm going. I'm on the hunt, and I can't let you join me. Yeah. I must do it alone. When it's like, <laughs> how many Star Trek episodes where like the captain's like, all right, I must do this alone, and it's er- all the head officers like, we're like, not gonna let you do it by yourself. Tree. <laughs> uh, it makes it to that song, and yes. it's like, well, I'm still coming with you. Oh, oh well. <laughs> we can't let you go on this quest thing. You need experts for it. That rules you out, doesn't it, Pippin? You should be the fellowship of, of the ring. Intelligence for this quest adventure thing. thing. That rules you back, doesn't it? So Half Blood Prince ends with the hunt for Voldemort has now begun. Dun, 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 dun. Now, before we get like, well, well, let's get into characters first. Before we get into over our feelings in the book, Harry in this book, he's okay. Uh, I mean, it's. I think it's an adjustment period. It's like, okay, I'm finally having a normal thing, but it's like. Uh, it's too normal and he's not used to it and he's like okay but it's frustrating too because it's like okay well he's having this normal normalcy he knows Draco's up to something it's just he can't convince anyone uh, to do something about it mm-hmm. so it could, for me that plays on my nerves a little bit but he's better he's not the angsty yelling throwing shit Harry Potter Harry Potter yeah he's Harry not Potter. he's not Harry Potter. blowing fits every five pages yeah so it's it's a nice change of pace yeah no i i like 
I like seeing this version of Harry, and there is, like, a little bit more... There's the recklessness of the whole Draco situation, but it is... You do get to see him enjoy himself for a little bit, and that's nice. So, it just... If he had just gone about... that, That's... Harry's based off impulse, and he has yet to, like see that there are consequences to him just being so quick to jump the gun and you just again in here so it's like he decided he was going to follow Draco on the train and gets his nose smashed and you know like there's just all these little things where it's like Harry you know better you should know better you've seen how this doesn't work out for you um but I also think it's it's a lot of grief so that to have this reprieve where he's got, oh, yeah, I get to be the Quidditch captain and I get to, you know, I have this kind of responsibility, something normal to worry about. Or that people are, like, trying to poison him with love potions. Like, I think it's it's a cool difference. Yeah. And it definitely seemed like, as compared to the fifth book, now that Voldemort's out of his head, he's definitely mellowed out a lot. Yeah. And... And I kind of I think that's very appreciative because that was my biggest complaint of the last book was because it's just like, like I like as I said like like I started to get fits of rage because of like his being so angsty like I can't do yeah. this like I'm shaking now because I'm so angry with him right mm-hmm. now so having him kind of relaxness makes you feel better, but like you said, there is totally impulse control that kind of doesn't. <clears throat> It's not until, like, the latter half of the seventh book that he finally starts to gain some in- impulse control yeah. and get a hold of his emotions. So, is And it's... you got to imagine, like, the person you idolize, the person you look up to the most, dies in front of your mm-hmm. eyes, and you thought you had, like, you literally had no way of defending yourself or defending him. Yeah. What that does to a person's psyche. Mm-hmm. It's just traumatic and, like, and he just had that happen last book, and now he's having it happen all over again. Yeah. So ev- any progress he gained, he lost right back. Yep. Ron or Hermione? I, so I think it was bound to happen. Like, obviously, they're, they're meant those two, yin and yang. But um, I, I do find it a little annoying, the back and forth. Like, it's not... It is very normal. It's clever in its realistic aspect, but it's also very, I think, almost dumb for just the world that they've set in, like how they work this this book. And Hermione's very like follow the rules, follow the rules, follow the rules for everybody else. But she's been doing these things that are not mm-hmm. necessarily in the rule book. And then Ron's just being wrong, really. Yeah, no. Um, Is he thinking over his stomach or his Johnson? That's pretty much like his thought process in this. Yeah, in it's this. bed, food, bed. <laughs> That's his day. His day is broken out into three components: bed, food, bed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I mean Ron has. Ron is Ron, obviously, and <laughs> very descriptive. Right? No, but but it is. Yeah, I, mean, I know. He didn't change too much since the last book. He's still on the Quidditch team. He's still semi-popular. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he gets a girlfriend for the first time in this book. Who snogs constantly. Oh, yeah. We don't really talk. We don't really talk. We just, you know. <laughs> you don't have tonsils. I thought I did. Not anymore. <laughs> like Ugh. it's just like okay, come on, and like, but I like kind of like you gotta see. There was a little more comedy 
it, it's nice and it because, levity. Yeah, because it's like, okay. And then seeing him get really fed up with it after a while, it's just like, oh my god, we have to do everything together. What's the, why do we have to do everything together? Can't we just make out and just go our separate ways? It was like, dude. No, it's not how a relationship, relationship works. That's but, not how it works. That's not how any of this works. But I, I understand that, yes, Hermione would get jealous and because she is a girl, but she gets violently jealous. Sends, what was it, a pack of birds out of her? Yeah, the canaries. Yeah. yeah, but she acted like nothing was wrong, and then all of a sudden she just sends them. So she literally went off to be alone to feel those emotions, and then who walks in? Yeah. Lavender. Like, she tried to remove herself from that situation, and then they come barreling in. I don't blame no, but there are, but, Yeah, but there are moments where, like I mentioned before, my rant yeah. before, just there's some moments where, come on, just really cut, you have to cut the shit. Like, the I told you so moment after Dumbledore dies. Oh, yeah, like, why? Like, yeah. I, don't, I honestly think it's one of those Hermione moments that she didn't realize that she's like, maybe this is the best time. No, and no, she's such, And you can tell she's actually, it's actually one side that came out of her. She's such a sore loser. Mm-hmm. I know with potions, like, she really becomes a sore loser. Yeah. It's like, okay, I, I understand you, you have to be the best, but, I mean, yes, and technically, I guess Harry is cheating. Yes. But, come on. Yeah. Be a normal person. It's not that big of a deal. No. You're still doing good work in it. You're not the top anymore, but no. you're still number two. Yes. Just cut, like, calm down, like, calm yourself. So she doesn't win any favors of the, actually, this is probably, I mean, I, you, obviously you guys know that this is my least favorite book, but this is my least favorite, favorite Hermione version. Yeah, because, I, because I think, like, her, her isms are amped up to 11 at this one. Yeah. More than when we first meet her. No, because because you have she has no interaction with these boys yet. Yeah. And she has no real grasp on how the real wisdom world works rather than just a book form. You figure by this point, like you'd have some kind of especially with the fifth book, like like doesn't it feel good breaking the rules and everything like that when they're yeah. leading Dumbledore's army and all of a sudden revert back to her like that old self. Yeah, but I also think too so so sixteen is just such a weird age for everybody, and I also like I don't I don't find her as annoying as you you guys obviously do, but um, there's just we're just saying yeah I, like, I, guess I, I have problems. Really I don't think it's the worst. Yeah, I don't think it's that. Like I I think it's reasonable, and um, I also think too she still helps them. She's still like it's not like she abandons them. No, because what was it the third? When, like, she, like, full-on went to McGonagall over um, the broom. Yeah, she yeah. full-on went to McGonagall over the broom. So it's not out of her character to do these things. I think it's the extra, it's the the relationship component, the, like, intimacy component. Mm-hmm. That's, what's throwing, that's what's throwing her over the edge. Because it's, like, all of these other things are, that's very, like, Hermione. What? The payoff between Ron and Hermione, in just specifically in the sixth book, yeah. they still don't get together until the end of the seventh book. Uh, that was that was J.K. Rowling like leading the carrot in front of the bunny, just like all right. It was just like after all that, you're still not together at the end of this book. It's just like God damn it. I mean, I'm sorry. I just I going back to the whole petty pettiness plot line. Mm-hmm. Just like I just don't care for it. 
But I think like having them together would probably not make the, it would probably make the relationship between the three of them would, less like like the fallout if that they have. If, if they got together at the end of the sixth book, that fallout in the seventh book would be more probably more devastating to Hermione because yes, just with just them being friends, it was devastating that he left. But then your boyfriend, the guy you're you're in love with, you're trusting, really your boyfriend just ups and leaves you mm-hmm. and his best friend. How much more devastating is that? You got a point there. So I don't know. I just I don't I don't particularly care for I don't particularly care where she where J.K. Rowley took Hermione in this book. And just the payoff with I can see that. Pettiness. And I do agree that Ron kinda of stays the same and just Acts on gut instinct of this book, not not as a detriment to him, but like that's just his character. That's, yeah, that's it was how he just, is. it was Ron being Ron, and Ron doesn't fully mature until almost the end of the seventh book. Yeah, like yeah. everybody else is kind of there, but like Ron is the last to the party when it comes to that. Even so. Neville becomes much more mature and yeah. like and like the most well, developed Neville person. Probably matured the most out of anyone. Yes, from where he was in the first book to then, but yeah. It's a different episode. Yes. <laughs> Moving on, Dumbledore. I you know. I think Dumbledore was smart to finally let develop like develop this kind of uh, open communication. Like there is things that he left unsaid. There are things that he yeah, like Harry, you're gonna have to die. Yeah, like there there, but he alludes to them. It's never like, oh, I'm not gonna tell you these answers. I'm not gonna tell you these answers. But he doesn't get to fully tell him all those answers. What I told you is true from a certain point of view. Yeah, he totally pulls it. Obi Wan Kenobi. So exactly with uh, certain information, but anything yeah. else? Or are you yeah. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, once again, we got a different side of Dumbledore. We got the more human side of Dumbledore in this book. Yeah, it was a nice change of pace. I mean, we got the superhero Dumbledore, we got the badass Dumbledore, but we finally get the human Dumbledore. Yeah, and how fra- actually fragile he is. Yeah, and we have the open communication, and it's so it's a breath of fresh air compared to the last book where he was kept in his distance on purpose. Yeah, to, so thinking that the connection between uh, Harry and Dumbledore would put them all at risk. Yeah, where you went from zero percent uh, interaction, interaction, well, zero percent um, transparency between Dumbledore and Harry to about like. 80% transparency between it. Yeah. Because he still doesn't give him everything. Yeah, especially his early years, which becomes a big point of the next book. Yeah, big, like, is, yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah, though. which I think is no, fascinating. I still think Dumbledore was a very interesting character because of how human he was portrayed in this book. Mm-hmm. He wasn't, he wasn't the badass. He wasn't the all-powerful wizard. He was just an old man. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And like I enjoyed like his using his power and but like his moments of levity because it's such a dark and dreary place. But like those moments of like just like like you can't operate out of school. Like oh well, when you're you head of school, you can do certain things and it's stuff like that that really makes it that much more enjoyable because it just could be. Like I had this conversation with coworkers talking about like. You look at the CW, like Flash and Arrow and stuff like that. It's like very light tone-wise. It's a lot of levity and stuff like that. It's very much like how the Marvel movies are. You look at the DC movies, a lot more serious in tone and everything like that. But like Netflix for Marvel is very dark and very like it's switched. Mm-hmm. And I was saying like, shouldn't DC like like TV shows be in line with the movies? I'm like, well, because 
if you do that in the movies and you do that in the TV show, like, I'd just be taking a razor blade to my wrist at one point. Like, you need those kind of things to kind of balance things things out. Like, you mm-hmm. binge watch those Netflix series. You rarely go back to watch them. Like, Arrow and Flash, I could put those on and enjoy it. But, like, Netflix stuff that's like, binge watch it, get rid of it, and you're done. It's kind of like this, but, like, this is a very dark and serious tale. And those moments of what it is, especially with Dumbledore and Harry's interactions, can bring some nice warmth to the story that is desperately needed. Mm-hmm. And and have, even like it's a serious moment, but like that Harry's now responsible for Dumbledore when he's drinking the kind of poison at that point. Yeah. Because Dumbledore's always been the most powerful person in that room. And that moment he wasn't. And he's relying on Harry to be that person. Harry has to be like, it's a role reversal for him. He's like, oh, I have to take care of Dumbledore now. All right, uh, uh, and he does yeah. the best he can with that situation. I mean, it is very interesting to really think about it, how the roles do completely reverse because you can almost make a case that Harry is now man- manipulating Dumbledore that the more you drink, the better you're going to be. Yeah, he pulls the Dumbledore on yeah, him. Yeah, he pulls the yeah. Dumbledore on him, even though you, ha- you have to drink it so we can get the locket. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, like, we're bringing up, when we were, you and I were hiking last weekend, we're talking about, like, how... Gandalf is so manipulative to people in Lord of the Rings, and how Dumbledore is kind of the same way here. Yeah. Like, they you know, can, it's for the, the you greater can, good. You can make one-to-one comparisons between Dumbledore and Gandalf. Yeah, and the greater good is a phrase that will come up a lot in the next book oh as well. Oh my god! Yeah. You yeah. just you just have to have a drop of that the greater good. Yeah, like it's a, that's a drinking game for the next podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, the greater good. Like, that was easy, but yeah, the, the greater good. The greater good. <laughs> Oh my god! If I, I could torture myself, and every time we see the greater good in the next podcast, I play the clip from Hot Fuzz, the greater good over the NWA saying it. Anyway, Snape. Snape. Severus Snape. Your feelings on his character in this one? To be honest with you, it was the most mysterious we got of Snape, because you didn't know what was what was going on. Yeah. I mean, okay, so he took this on. Breakable oath to help Draco however he can. And even Snape had no idea. He knew the basic plan for what Draco had to do, but he had no idea what Draco was actually doing. And just him going around trying to, like, figure that out, too, where you're going, like, does Snape really know what's going on? Kind of added to that. But then when he flat out, towards when at the end, when he flat out kills Dumbledore, you're going, like, you son of a Bitch. Yeah. I mean, there's... Are you under... I mean, later books, you kind of understand that Dumbledore wanted, like... This is how it was supposed to go. Your hands are... Snape, I'd rather you kill him than Draco because we can still save Draco. He's like, what about my... Like, Draco's soul is still untouched. What about me? It's like... Your soul's already been damned because you've given up this amazing before. You you essentially killed the Potters, you dipshit, if you haven't forgotten about that. (laughs) You killed Lily. You have blood on your hands. Yeah, no, I agree. And, like, you get from the beginning, you're thinking Snape's going to play this huge role. But because Snape's so distracted by Draco, you do have less of the Harry Snape animosity. Mm -hmm. So you get a kind of, uh, like, an enigma vibe. I totally see where you're coming from with that. And I just, it's almost kind of annoying. It's back to, like, when Snape would harass Quirrell, like he'd go back and forth with him. Yeah. Um, and you get that with Draco, but it's almost more annoying with Draco because Draco's, you know, being 
a petulant student, whereas Coral was essentially his equal. Yeah. So, um, and the weirdest thing is that Snape knew the whole time that Harry had his book because he's like, Harry's not that great at potions. So, like, and he used his spell. Yeah, yeah, like, and then, like, as soon as that's like, that seals the case. But he really didn't try to. Like he could have gone into Gryffindor Tower up to his bedpost so, and just taken it out. Yeah, there. is there like a pla- like plagiarism thing in the Wizarding World? Do you think? No, because like because there were other dark magic stuff in there. Yeah, I guess it that's would raise more suspicion on him. Mm. But like, it, it does make sense. Well, like, why wouldn't he just confiscate it then there? Yeah, because Harry tries to get rid of it and successfully does. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, you know, Runal was Oblib. Yeah, he's not. Harry Potter. Like, there's no way that that works out. That's yeah. my nickname. That's what my friends call me. Yeah. Like, well, you knew it was bullshit. Yeah. It's just like, no, like, go back and get me the right book. Or go with him to get the book. Because at that point, Draco was already being sent to the hospital wing. Yeah. yeah. Plot hole there. It, it, mm. it, it is a plot hole. But something that, like, even I can overlook. And it's a question that, like, I'll probably bring up in the next book. I probably should bring up in the next book. They like, he did... Snape is taking the unbreakable vow and, do, and does the, the unthinkable in this book by killing Dumbledore, sealing the deal for his kind of character and state and everybody's opinions towards him until the revelation in the next book. Now, do you think Rowling knew what he was, what he was, his final purpose was? Like where his, she was going yes. with this character? Or do you think it was just like, I could retcon this right now and make her a good guy. I don't guy. know. I like. I know yeah. there's. She's definitely talked about it. And like, like that's what they, that's what she said out. to Alan Rickman again to play the yeah. role and stuff like that. But it's. I don't know. I I honestly, it just never uh, equated to him. Like it never made up for all of that in my eyes. But I do see why people like have that big change of heart and do end up falling back in line with him. I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't seem like. I don't know. I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> I mean, I think I think it was the initial, the entire plan, yeah. because especially before the sixth book was even written, because obviously the epilogue too, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, one Dumbledore saying Severus, please. Yes. So that that's one proof, and also when Harry... But like that that line could be read two different ways. Yes, but like yeah. please don't but, do it, and please do it, way, but. Yeah. Then you have Harry chasing Snape through the grounds, and he's calling him a coward. And then Snape pretty much saying, "Don't you call me a coward? You don't know what I've been through, what I'm going through." Yeah, and that kind of shows like, okay, so something else is going on here. Mm. So, okay, so I think that's so. You, with those two points, especially, you have that whole setup where like, okay, he does have a redeeming, like he is. There is that. It still doesn't redeem anything he's done mm. because he's still a bastard, and yes. he still made Harry's life utterly miserable and yeah. everyone else's lives utterly miserable. Because he had no, and for no reason either. Yeah, other than just to be a dick. Yes. So I don't know. I I understand that. Yes, that's a whole. That's his character arc. Yeah. But it still doesn't make up for all the stuff that he's done. Right, and having his taunting at the end, where it's like, and like, even like kind of tries to tell like Harry, he tries to teach Harry to be able to duel without saying anything, mm-hmm. and like, even that 
comes to fruition between McGonagall and Snape at, in the next book. Yeah. Because both of them are both skilled enough uh, wizard and witch that they do not need to speak the spells to battle each other. I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, like, all that whole scene, like, that kind of, like, almost like I'm Spartacus moment when Harry reveals himself to the occupied Hogwarts that he's there mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um, yeah, so Snape... Does the unspeakable in this, and can't wait to talk about it in the next book. Slughorn now. I don't dislike Slughorn. I think he brought a lot enough uh, levity mm-hmm. to certain Merlin's beard. Merlin's beard, and he's just kind of like this big. I always picture him kind of like as his walrus like. Yeah, yes. that's how they want you to do Yeah, so... He's not that big in the movie. Like, like he does have a... No, I, in the movie... They like, but, like... Just round. Yeah, like, like just round in that... Like, and then him running, and they always make him, like, run, so it's like... Yeah. I always thought that humorous. Yeah. But he, he, uh, he's 100% Slytherin, no matter how you cut it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's just not as... He's dastardly. Not, dastardly, no. Because he's, like, one of those people, like, okay... I can't hate you, but you're annoying. That's so, annoying. yeah. He really embodies it. He, I mean, even reading it, it's like, okay, you serve a purpose when you're when you're funny, you're mm. funny. Yeah. When you're when it's serious, it's serious. But black? Yes. <laughs> Damn it, now you got me doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, it's like <laughs> But Slughorn itself himself, he's just like, okay. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, that's even when Dumbledore says, like, what did you think of him? And Harry was just like, because uh, you can't say you like him, but you can't say that you dislike him. And he's just, there, yeah. You know? So he's that's polite to how, me. Yeah, he worked. I think he literally worked as the character that he was supposed to. I think you're supposed to see how easy it was for him to collect people. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, like and the... I know you say it goes on too long. It does go on a little too long, but him, Harry prodding to get that information out of him. And I just love how the excuses like become lamer and lamer as it goes on. Slow going trying to avoid that conversation. Like, oh, dude, I, I, I got to do this. And then the, dives out the window. The roles are reversed because Harry, because Slughorn was pestering Harry to go to a slug club meeting. And Harry's coming up with excuses. And then it reverses when Harry's trying to get the information out of him. And Slughorn's avoiding him and coming up with excuses. And eventually he gives it up freely. He Free, is well, sure. He is little tipsy, yeah, but... It, it, several drinks later and... Big Hagrid for that. Yeah, and Harry has also uh, had the Felix fancies in him. Yeah. So it, it was going to happen. Yeah. So... But he pulled on his heartstrings. Oh my god, it's like, would you... <laughs> it's like, you lo- I know you love my mother... Hey, but you're not willing to help her son. Yeah. It's like that's, that's always like that's always he could have used that at Snape. But like if Snape was a better person, he probably would have like, damn you, well, he probably would have done it. He didn't know the relationship between. No, yeah, of course, not yet, not yet, anyway. But yeah, mother's eyes. Yeah, that's for the movies. Let's go. <laughs> I'm gonna be fuming at that point. Just. You had this like two hundred fifty million dollar movie. You have CGI at the the wazoo. You couldn't color correct her eyes to be like that. God damn it! Game of Thrones is done color correcting of eyes. Mm-hmm. That's three million dollars an episode. I'm so glad I'm not the only one ranting. Yeah, there's a lot of oh. ranting. Uh, can't oh, wait to get my that. ranting done. 
Yeah, seriously. Like someone <laughs> said, like how like both of like Dakota and I were kind of like, oh. Yeah, I was like, and Dakota like ranted before you got here, and he kind of like. Yeah, so you got double ranted. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh man, you don't have to laugh like that. It makes it even worse. <laughs> Dear diary, what happened? I got double ranted today. Like, oh, that bad, huh? Oh, oh, how do you spell oh, oh, oh? Because that's how you're doing. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like, imagine, like, like, like laughing, like, oh, 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 oh. Green giant. <laughs> so, uh, Don Wookie. Um, Draco's character in this. Um... You know, you got to give Draco points because that was kind of clever, and he was able to do it in a way um, that nobody caught on. Like, no. And so I have to, you know, I'll give him points for that. And there is that desperation, but there is also, like, um, a too cool for school attitude. Like, he lost all of that pompous, like, my dad, like, he can't use that card right now. So. No. The last time you kind of really, like, the only time he really uses it is when he's in the shop and he's just like, oh, I'm sure you've heard of my powerful friends. Um, but that even backfires because Dumbledore is like, wait, you invited Enyar? How do you say? Greyback? Greyback, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's where we'll just go with Greyback. But he's like, really? Like, you know Greyback likes kids and you essentially just invited him into where your friends live. And I think there there's a an interesting play. And Lavender Brown will meet her demise at him. Uh, yeah. But it, I mean, I'll never like Draco, but I do like his character the most in this one. Right. Not even more than like in the next one. Uh I guess I'll re- so far. I like okay. him less in this so far. Yeah, because I'm. We'll see when I reread it how I feel. Yeah. No, this is definitely a different side of Draco that we've seen because he, I mean, I guess he has that no too too cool for school attitude, but he also isn't expecting to do much after this year. So what's the point? Yeah. Like the only time like he kind of exudes that is when he's, him and those two chicks are kind of like going somewhere when he's not playing when he's not in Quidditch. Two quote unquote chicks. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah they're still crabbing oil. Yeah. But, um, no, it's kind of weird because you did see this whole vulnerable stuff. He got a lot of vulnerable characters in this book. Mm-hmm. And Draco is completely vulnerable because he knows Voldemort's asking him to do an impossible task. His father, who he had a lot of pride in, or just, I guess, he is gone because of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of writing he's putting a lot of pressure on himself and like yeah. some of the most vulnerable points is when you hear moaning myrtle he's venting to moaning myrtle about everything because she's the only person that's willing to listen to him and she scares nobody else to talk to and she and nobody will ever she she well, can't tell anyone show that to yeah anyone there. else so and it was just one of those like wow never you would never think of that character being that important to this plot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it, it's interesting because it, it does show that Draco is not completely evil. No. And nor is he an idiot when it comes to magic. Oh my God. He's an extremely intelligent. That was a great, like the first time reading through, you had no idea what he was doing. No. And then when it finally came, it's like, Oh my God, that cabinet. Yeah. Yep. It made, per- that was awesome. That was awesome. That was an awesome, like, little thing. Why is it coming up to you? Because I'm clever. That's why. And, like, Draco does pull, like, that clever moment of creating a secret passageway between Diagon Alley and uh, Hogwarts like that. 
sure, he let in some of the most vile criminals in the world in there to prove a point that he's not an incompetent asshole. But, like, he's like, I'm competent. Like, look what I can do. And this is what I'm going to do. And falters at the at the time when it comes needed where he needs mm-hmm. to do it. And, like, even, like, Bellatrix kind of, like, egging him on at that point to do it, do it. And he can't do it because he's not that person. He's definitely... If it, say if it was Lucius, Lucius would have done it. Would have done it yeah. Narcissa probably wouldn't have, because yeah. she because Draco is his mother's son. Yeah. And not saying it's a bad thing or anything like that, but it's like it's like he's not a killer. He's not a bad person by nature. He's just caught in a he was in a rock and a hard place at that point because you presume by this point that Voldemort's using the Drake the the Malfoy Manor as their base of operations by this point. Like it's. It's it's explicit in the next book, but at this point, it's yeah. probably that's probably the, so he's probably has the Dark Lord living with him, and he's like, oh, Draco, you want to do this for me? And he's probably just like imagine like Draco trying to get milk or something like that, like Draco, <laughs> deer in the headlights, like yes, Dark Lord, can you do something for me? Like get you your slippers? No, kill Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, I got it. Don't worry, I I got it. no problem. Draco, yes, yes. Can you make me a spell of tea? I just need to run to the store and kill Dumbledore. <sighs> I should have just said yes. Should have just made tea. Boy, oh boy, the yeah. next person to come along would have been the one killing Dumbledore, not me. Just imagine, like, he's just... <laughs> most sitting at a table dictating what his, his manifesto is. A little reading glasses on the edge of his non-nose, and he's like, looks up like, oh. The second no, you, you do that, that would be hysterical. Voldemort eating breakfast next to Draco Malfoy. Dr- Voldemort has like the reading glasses and he's doing a crossword puzzle. Right? <laughs> Draco's awkwardly eating cereal next to him. It's like, Draco, yes! <laughs> Draco, what's a three word letter word for it, old witch? Uh, a hag? Hag. Hag. Thank you. Thank you. I knew I was in your mother's house for a reason. <laughs> And he can't say anything because it's Voldemort. Like, he could call his mother a hag and get away with it. Uh, and everything like that. So, yeah, Draco, really interesting like that. Can you, pa- can you pass over the bowl of kill Dumbledore now? <laughs> no. You mean sugar? No. I'll be back. <laughs> uh, I want you to kill Dumbledore. Is that down or across? <laughs> no, I want you to do that. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, I, I thought you were still on a crossword puzzle. I finished hours. <laughs> um, Tonks and... Lupin. Lupin. Let's briefly talk about before we do our final thoughts. Okay. Um, like seeing the... It was actually kind of like really... I like... I particularly like this subplot. I know I just ranted and raved about how stupid Ron Hermione subplot was. Yeah. But this one makes this one's a little bit better because Lupin is purposely they both have feelings for each other and it's not like there's a love like a stupid love triangle thrown in there. It's just Lupin being like, No, I'm I'm damaged goods. You don't need that. And this is not the time for that. Yeah. And she just being depressed because she was like, but I don't care. I don't care. And what happens if we never we never like get together and one of us so dies be before before that happens? And he's like, I don't know. And there's just a whole like building of that. I so I personally I personally enjoyed that because there was also some good great moments to the story that came out of that. Like with Tonks being so depressed, like the whole 
her discovering Harry on the train and bringing him out to this castle. And it kind of mirrors what kind of relationship Ginny and Harry could have had. Yeah, this it could be like if Ginny and Harry could like if they this, never got together. Yeah, it could be very like this is a strange relationship. Yeah. Um, actually, one of the best parts that I thought of this book. Well, I'll save that for later. We're we're still going to do best and worst parts. Yeah. Okay, I'll save it for later then. But yeah, no, I I particularly like it. I like how they do get together. I mean, Lupin deserves someone, and Tonks, and you would think, okay, so Lupin, this stiff kind of like, let's just obey by the rules, people type of, and then falling in love and eventually getting married to a, a woman who's very wonky and like klutzy and bubbly. Yeah, watch it, Harry. So I like I like it. Yeah. No, I feel the same, and like the whole time. Cause they didn't really put a lot of thought into it. They just kind of had this, like, like insane theory that uh, Tonks was, in like, love in with love with Sirius. But that's very... Because they're cousins, kind of, you know, but, they like, it's still, like, a pure-blood, like, tradition. Are you so. telling me that an English family that is par- partially royalty had never been in love with another cousin? No. <laughs> okay. I would never... Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I like, and I like to, because you get to see this tame Tonks, and we're used to, like... And and you're kind of baffled by it. Yeah, because she was the comic relief with everything else. Like, she was just this fun, like... Her her Bertrand's changes to a wolf, right? Yes, it changes to a wolf, but a wolf and a large dog are very similar, so that was the whole, that played into the serious uh, conspiracy. Right. So, yeah, no, I like that. That storyline too, I thought it. Was, I like that better than the Bill and Floor. One. Bill and Floor one was just contrived. Yeah, it because there was just something to do. Give Bill something to do, I guess. It gets to bring him back because you get to start bringing back the the Weasley yeah. sons. Because now, really, Charlie's the only one that wasn't brought in, and they mentioned Charlie. I think it was the apparition test. Yeah, but that's everybody else is brought back here because we need to do that because we need it for the wedding yeah. so yeah so i really like it and and it's nice they always say like ah oh, less tension just get get it on and things like that but it was a nice tension and a nice thing to kind of think about that and it kind of puts in the idea if it's meant to be it's meant to be mm-hmm. like you could mm-hmm. argue that happens with that relationship and it's nice to see that kind of come to fruition in later books Later book, I should say. Now, best part and worst part of this book. Um, so my best part is definitely. I mean, I like the memories. I definitely think the memories are my favorite part of the entire book. Um, you know, Voldemort's mother, Voldemort as a kid, um, Slughorn and, and Voldemort, and then you know him coming back to Hogwarts. Those were my favorite. Um. And then probably the worst for me. Oh, I don't know. I don't know where my worst would be really. I guess. Want me to come back to you? Yeah, let's let's come back to me on that one. Okay, so, I mean, I love the uh, the memories, but for some reason, the, there's one scene in the book that completely stood out to me that I absolutely enjoyed, and I don't know why. And I could, for, could completely forget the entire book except for this one scene. It's where, um, it's like the first Hogsmeade trip mm-hmm. of the book. Harry Ronner. Oh, it's when, oh, 
becomes be uh, what's her name? Yes, um, they run. In, it's raining. It's dark. It's just gross, and they're just miserable time. And they see uh, Madungus peddling goods. Oh, and yeah. It's then he re- Harry's and he sees Harry. And he starts squirming. It's like, where are you going? Don't do you want to say hi? And he realizes that he's selling black. Uh, heirlooms, black heirlooms, and Harry f- starts freaking the fuck out. Rightfully so, and he's trying to like, what? you're robbing, you're robbing Sirius Black's house. Well, you son of a bitch! Like pretty much, well, and, and he like, apparates he, out right yeah. before Harry could do anything to it. He's Harry's left in the street, just a Madagas, and then Tonks is there. He's, he's gone, Harry. Yeah, and he's like, but it's black. He, he's robbing Black, like, Sirius's house. What are you doing? Just, he's robbing your house, Harry. Rob, no, 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 it's no, Black's house. Yeah. It, it, that scene, just for some reason, that was just, like, I guess because it's, like, you, you could understand the raw emotions and, like, what happens if you were in that position and just, like... Especially somebody, like, who's been flaky to begin with and, like, could possibly be blame... For a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff, including his death and stuff like that. So there's a lot of pent up aggravation he has towards him. And he has every, like you said, every right to be angry with him and to blow up on him like that. Yeah. Even in public. Yeah. No, I, I don't know why, but that is probably my favorite scene out of the entire book. And your least favorite, the Ron and Hermione, it just, uh, or just Hermione's uh, characterization. That whole, yeah, no, <laughs> And that's what I think. That's what killed the book for me because it was there was so much focus on mm-hmm. on that, and it was just like, come on, you can be focusing on so much other stuff right now. But no, we have to list, we have to deal with this petty bullshit between Ron and Hermione, mm-hmm. which is dragging the entire book down, in my opinion. Gotcha. So yeah, do you have you figure it out? You go to your okay. Uh, my worst is Harry breaking up with Ginny because it's too dangerous. Yeah, only for them to like kind of get back to Yeah, it is a superhero trope that has been played out that is like, I can't be with you because you'll be in danger. Like, being a friend with you, going to school with you is having a target on your back. Ever since year one, yeah. she has been in danger because she's associated with you. Mm-hmm. She knows the risk and she still chooses to be with you, you goddamn blockhead. Ah. And your best. <laughs> My best, it's a two way tie, is the memories. And it's the retrieving of the locket. Locket, yeah. The retrieving of the locket and the whole, that whole scenario. And then all the memories building up to that point and is seeing how, where uh, Voldemort's mother came from and everything like that. Just thought that was fascinating. And then seeing, it's that alter, it's that verbal duel between Tom and Dumbledore in his office. Mm-hmm. That I always really enjoyed. Which I wish to God they, ever, they filmed. It's not in the movie. I wish uh, I wish that could have been a great deleted scene. Anyway, all right. Okay. Professor Trelawney was so useless in this book, and she's so. I thought she was. Oh yeah. 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 So that's she is my worst. I mean, I guess that's more of a character, but like we use her because that's how Harry figures out that they're in their room of requirements because she got shoved out. But and all she does is like bitch and like. The whole prophecy is essentially her fault, but she doesn't know it's her fault. So, like, I guess that, like, delusion and how she's like, I'm just having you in my class, not because you're good at it, but I liked reading you as a subject. Um, I'm like, wow, why don't you just 
yeah. dehumanize me while I'm at it. Yeah, so she she was probably my least favorite part about this book. All right. Now, I hope everybody's enjoyed this review of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. And Nikki, if they want people to follow you on social media, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff under Nikki Muggle or Nikki Muggle 1. So I am on that Facebook, Dakota Wiegand, uh, Instagram, dwiegand1, Twitter, dwiegand1. I'm also on deviantart.com uh, under DW Drawings. Uh, I, I post a couple of blog uh, review, cartoon reviews there. I also do have a blog up. Let me get that username because I actually never really check it out. <laughs> I use it. I post. I want you to follow me. I just don't know what <laughs> Every every Monday I post a new review of a cartoon series that I've watched. Gives it. Hence why you haven't finished the Cursed Child, everybody. Don't worry. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, like that's you see that there's an explanation for it. You want to see the fruits of his labor that's going on that's not going to the Cursed Child? Check out his reviews. Yeah. Exactly. Tim, uh, while I look it up, just. Okay. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Timothy Rooney too. And I have actually now have a new podcast uh, specific Twitter called Just Anything Goes, named after this episode, after this show. You can follow under Ginger Geek Pod. That's where you can find the URL of it. You can follow me on Instagram at trooney1012 and my Facebook and YouTube page under the sna- same name of Through the Lens Productions, where later short film like uh, Deleted is up, and we have a bunch of stuff coming the way, including. A uh, short film called Tricked, Reached, and Dead Love, all coming out very soon, as well as a bunch of other things in production right away. So you have a lot of content coming to the YouTube page, as well as more podcast ideas, because I broke down a huge schedule of things for the next couple of months I want to do, starting with this. So have you figured out your URL yet? Yes, it is cartoonbinge.blogspot.com, where you can read all my cartoon reviews. My latest one is actually not a cartoon review. It is actually a review of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which oh. I kind of defend. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So, interesting. Check it out. All right. So, guys, thank you for taking part of this podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry for all the ranting. Uh, I, I got a little violent there. <laughs> yes, Nikki? No, that doesn't say nothing. You say something with that chuckle right there. <laughs> no, this is very, it's fun to see angry South Dakota. <laughs> Definitely need a margarita for a march. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, I hope everybody enjoyed this very special little Pottercast. And so stay tuned. We have the commentary <laughs> the commentary track for Half-Blood Prince is coming next. And then we go on to Deathly Hollows. So I hope everybody's enjoyed this podcast, and we'll talk to you soon.